Hello, beautiful people. It is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. And this dumbass sports show starts right now. Just wrapped up its week 11 of the NFL season in which they took a trip to uh, El Estadio Azteca in Mexico where the San Francisco 49ers ran the Arizona Cardinals out of the fucking gym. Now, I officially picked the Cardinals plus like nine and a half or something like that going into the game because I thought there was a chance with Colt McCoy's leadership and the way that team had been playing with him in the lineup as opposed to everybody else in the lineup with how it looked in hard knocks behind the scenes, they might be able to keep it close. I also acknowledge a couple different times there's a chance that San Francisco 49ers are going to run them off the fucking field. Guess what? They did. Mm-hmm. It was an unbelievable performance from top to bottom for the Niners last night. Their special teams was absolutely dominant. Mitch Wisnowski was pinning them deep. Robbie Gold's banging balls again. He missed an extra point that missed the kicking net last week. I thought Robbie Gold was maybe dead. He's not. He's all the way back 18 years into this thing. Mitch Wisnowski and the boys handled business when it came to the field position game. On the defense side of the ball, I don't know how you block them or stop them. I honestly have no idea how you do as such. They are so fast, they fly around on the offensive side of the ball. Since adding Christian McCaffrey, and now obviously Christian's able to do everything. We've seen him throw a touchdown. We've seen him catch a touchdown. His bread and butter is running the fucking rock. But their schemes and schematics, not only with Juice being a fullback, the way they have their offensive line moving. Trent Williams is out in space blowing up Buda Baker. That's every single week with Shanahan's big brain. Let alone Debo got in the end zone where he looked faster than everybody. Ayuk got in the end zone with a sick route that made a DB look bad. Not always great. That's going to happen. When you're living in the paint, you're going to get dunked on every once in a while. Then George Kittle has two touchdowns last night in Mexico City. You completely forget that he is a guy when it comes to receiving as opposed to just blocking this San Francisco 49ers team. Okay? Showed last night but they might be the team of the (laughs) NFC. With the Christian McCaffrey trade, the record before BC, before Christian, right. and then after Christian, <laughs> right. are vastly different. Three and three, scoring 20 points a game with 30, 340 yards per game in third down percentage of 41%. BC, post-Christian McCaffrey, three and one, 28 and a half, 396, 55% in all the things, and that's via Field Yates. We appreciate that stat, Field. They're a team that's going to go on a win. Jimmy G is going to be a free agent. What the hell are they going to do with Trey Lance? That is a conversation that is obviously going to heat up as this Niners team continues to go, but they've just absolutely slaughtered the NFC West in the last four games. Shanahan seems to be content and comfortable, and Dr. York got a game ball from Mexico last night. Excited for the Niners, thankful for them. Can't wait to hear all the boys' thoughts. The Toxic Tables here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Ty, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, haven't played since Thursday. Probably not going to do a lot of talking about the Titans because that game's behind us. Yeah. Sunday Night Football against the Eagles. How do we feel about how this conversation is going to go with Aaron today? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, obviously a, a very demoralizing defeat on Thursday night, but that's in the past now. He's had a couple days to kind of relax and get back to it. Now they're saying that he's had a broken thumb since uh, the Giants game in London, so that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, who, who knows? Not dead yet, you know, not dead yet. Mathematically. But, yeah, mathematically, but, oh, boy, if it, I'd be lying if I said I was confident going into this Eagles game on Sunday night. It's just these primetime games where we're just we're facing these titans of the league right now, it just doesn't make you feel good. 
it just doesn't make Titans were the last one actually. So yeah. the Titans of the league was good usage <clears throat> of the word Titan, yeah. uh, talking about the size of teams and importance mm-hmm. of teams, and also playing the Titans, losing to them on Thursday. Excited to hear where Aaron's at. The broken thumb makes sense because it has been a topic of conversation whether he has it taped up or he doesn't have it taped up. Remember, he fell that one time and it yep. hurt. It was like, well, that didn't make sense. That just a fall would have hurt it. It, it. A hairline, some sort of something in there would make sense. It may be why he was throwing the ball a little wobbly on Ooh, Thursday night. Exactly. Maybe that's why he was a little bit inaccurate which has never happened with Aaron Rodgers because his grip might be a little bit different because he's got a fucking broken bone in there. How come we hadn't heard about this, though? Have they been hiding that from everybody or they didn't know, do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, he's he's obviously not the guy because we've asked him about it several times and he kind of just said, like, yeah, you know, it hurts, but it's not going to be an issue. But that would make sense. I mean, typically with Rodgers, as it gets colder, he gets better. But if you have a broken thumb and it starts getting colder, like, that, that is going to make a big fucking difference. So... We'll see. He's obviously not going to make any excuses about it, but yeah, that would. I mean, like we're watching a guy who doesn't look like the guy we've seen in years past throwing the football, missing wide open guys like that never happens. So you know, obviously, I think it is affecting him a little bit. Look for him to maybe get gloved up like he's Kenny Pickett, Ooh. who is quarterback of the team that is traveling to Indianapolis for Monday Night Football uh-huh. next week. One half of the hammer, Don Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. You're fantastic. Debut of a new studio yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Where you go, Tony? Where you go, Tone? Hammer Down was Thank great. You. Can't wait for you guys to make that your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diggs was laying bricks in there. He was. Goddamn for right. weeks to make that studio That's what it good. is, and we appreciate it. the audio wasn't perfect off the jump, but we kind of knew that was going to happen. A little PTSD of this studio, by the way. Yeah. As you're going off yesterday. I mean, it it wouldn't it wouldn't be us if we the first live show wasn't some stuff like that, and we got it all fixed after. It should be great going forward. The coin head, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it did. In a landslide, it didn't just hit. It was a walk of the century. I, I do wonder with how good this coin is, if this coin is the same coin that did the Jets schedule. And if you guys need to maybe corral your coin in a little bit better, because this thing's out there willy-nilly making everybody better, what does your show have anymore? It's That's not. It's not. The uh, the coin that picked the Jets schedule is an actual, real, physical coin. It we don't know that. We've never seen it. Never it's seen a, it flipped. It's a legit coin. Unlike could the be Fugues. Could be, just be some jabroni writing it down on a piece of paper. Just to pick fucking hockey games. Okay, so Whoa. feels Whoa. like there's a little <laughs> bit of uh, Jesus. a little bit of content against this other Jets coin because of the notoriety it's getting. We'd like to let everybody know the honorable coin has made a lot of money for a lot of people. From oh, the yeah, yeah. Especially last night. And it's not a real coin. It's an app. No, no. Right. <laughs> it's an app of a coin. Mm-hmm. Which is good. I didn't expect to see the Italian camp in such disarray this morning. Yeah, they were a little talking over each other, but I think it's because they were so pissed off about people potentially talking about their coin, oh. doing side jobs for the Tony Jets. Tony hates yeah. on the coin. He shits on it every chance he gets. So. Oh! Yeah, but he stands up and yells whenever it comes. Everybody understands the honorable coin. I came sprinting yesterday with some CBD, had to spark that up, and right. obviously the coin did its thing. Uh, first day in the studio, I thought the show was fantastic. Thank Speaking you. of first day in studio, this is the first time we've had two of our incredible segments in one day because Thanksgiving's on Thursday, then Big Sale Friday is happening again. We're off on the Thursday, Friday, we're off. So, you know, had changed some schedules around, and we're fantastically uh, gifted to have one man join us every single Tuesday, and that is a man who really breaks down the run game, doesn't he? An offensive yeah. line oh, play. Yeah. He's a Super Bowl champion. He is here live and in person. Ladies and gentlemen, A.Q. Shipley. Yeah! Host yeah. of the Bobble Exchange as well, show with Drew Stanton. How you feeling, bud? I feel great. What a game last night, huh? It is. For you, I, I think you like enjoyed a, it. I feel like a genius because I've been saying all along, San Francisco 49ers are the team. They're the team. This is very TV of you to say what you just said <laughs> wow. right there. They're I, the team. I would like to ask you, and we'll dive into some more Niners talk here in like literally a second, but how have you enjoyed your first year doing content here during the season? You know, you were coaching last year. Yep. He was at the bot. He was getting coffee, fucking drawing mm-hmm. up cards. Yep. Shining shoes. Fixing printers. How many years did you play uh, football? 12 years. 12 years in the NFL. Won a Super Bowl. 
been on so many different teams, mm-hmm. considered like a coach on the field because he's a center the way he thought. Uh, you want to go into coaching? Sweet. We'd welcome you here. Fucking go shine my shoes. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep in a couch. Go draw play cards. Go drink coffee. I have a family and I've made a lot of money, actually. Don't care. Here's $25,000. You're lucky to do it. Uh, which is, you know, we all thought it was very admirable. Oh, yeah. Very wow. admirable. Uh, admirable of you to say. Me and AJ actually fucking mocked you openly when you decided to go yeah. do it because how terrible it was. You, I mocked myself. Yeah, you you knew you probably weren't going to be able to do it yeah. for the entire season starting early, but you committed to a job. You got a lot of friends over there. You did your thing. Jeff Saturday becoming a head coach. Uh, did you enjoy that or hate that move as somebody that had to go from the former player into the bottom of the totem pole and then said, I ain't climbing up this thing. I don't have it in me, which we respect and appreciate because you got on TV and started doing this, which we think you were fantastic at. But how do you feel about Jeff Saturday getting that? And do you think that opens up opportunities for other people? I hope so. I love everything about it. I love what Jeff is doing. I love the fact that He's a former center, moves into a big role, did, got to bypass everything else, right? Like, I think that's huge. It should happen more. We talk about this all the time. Like, there's a lot of brains. There's a lot of really smart guys that played football a long time that don't want to do that. I what got- you did. That don't want to do what you did. And right. you, you had it better than most because you were friends literally with all those coaches, I think, personally, right? And under Bruce Arians, you have the best schedule probably of any coach in the league. I mean, like, he's very big on getting out as soon as you can, as long as you get your work done. And that was awesome. But still saw my kids once a week. And, uh, not well, for Joe me. Thomas went to bat me. for you. Saturday, and I appreciate right. him. I appreciate him and you doing that. Um, I'm just intrigued to hear every time somebody talks about it because, you know, Jeff, if he beats the Eagles there, oh man, boy, boy, we were three plays away from beating the Eagles. Yeah. We make that 50 yarder uh, earlier in the game. It's a whole different conversation at the end on what ha- has to happen. I mean, that would have been a tough kick for Chase. Chase has kicked very well, but I'm just saying, that you look back on that. Should have beat the Eagles. I mean, that is really a thing. That conversation that we just had right there is happening today loud. At a lot of these places where things aren't working out, what former player is tied to the program that has good leadership responsibilities and then get a couple coordinators in there that could do it. But instead, we lose to the Eagles. So now it's just kind of like, I hope Jeff's happy. Now you got to lose and be miserable. Joining us uh, today, which is, you know, normal for him to be with us every single week, but never on a Tuesday. No. We've been blessed earlier in the week because of the holiday. Ladies and gentlemen, host today, Everything DB, right here on our show, uh, the Man to Man podcast, an NFL matchup on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN+. Plus. Darius Baller. Debo, how many years did you play in the NFL? Uh, put a nine piece in. Nine. So that's 21 years plus my eight is 29 years, nearly three decades on this stage talking about the NFL. Not bad. I feel pretty good. Unreal. Our show's pretty good with that type of stuff. Pretty Tony's good. D1 years, too. Me yeah, right at it. Tony's mm-hmm. D1, three almost Ivy League. And three idiots. That's pretty much. What did AJ get? Yeah. How many did he get? 11? I want to say like 11, I think. Yeah, 11. Sounds right. But he didn't play mm-hmm. against the Eagles, so really it was like 10 <laughs> and. Have you ever heard this story? No. So whenever he was, we found this out from somebody else, and then we had to bring it to AJ's attention when we were with him in person. They were playing against the Eagles when the Eagles had Vic or something, Mm -hmm. and the defense coordinator didn't think AJ should be on the field, so they didn't dress him. Liability and coverage. Healthy Uh scratch because he couldn't keep up, wasn't fast enough. I was on that Philly team. AJ ran a 4-4. AJ ran a 4-4, had a 45-inch vertical. The coach literally looked at him, hey, white guy, don't need you. Don't need you out here with Michael Vic. And he didn't I believe the story goes that 
some people in his camp were telling him he needs to request a trade immediately. He never did because he's a fucking Ohio fucker or whatever. But, yeah, we always talk about the one game where he didn't dress because he had, like, a torn pec, torn hamstring, mm-hmm. broken fingers, never missed a game. The only game he missed was he was a healthy scratch. It's because he wasn't athletic enough to be on the field. That's right. It is, such wow. a, it is such a beautiful A.J. Hawk moment. Uh, let's talk about this Niners team from your uh, perspective, Darius. So whenever you look at this team, they run the ball all over the place. Yeah. Trent can move. That's a big weapon for them. Now, I know he tips plays to yeah. somebody online. Mm-hmm. Can't, have can't have that. He tips plays. But having the ability to have that type of run scheme, have the personnel to be able to do it, you add a uh, player like Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the season. They seemingly have gone all in to win. That's why Dr. York got a uh, game ball. He was a cancer and um, – a researcher before he retired. Pathologist, right. yeah. Pathologist. Cancer and path. Yeah, you get it. Researcher. Yep. That's why he's Dr. York. Has a lot of money. Owns a team now. Are they stoppable? And are they only stoppable if Jimmy G doesn't play well? Because that seemingly is the conversation about why Jimmy G might not be the quarterback there for the future. Because he can't get it done. If he can get it done, do you believe that's the case? And if he does, what do they do with him? Because he's a free agent at the end Man. of the season. Darius Butler. Well, first of all, I think he can get it done. Obviously, he's been It's to, that one missed throw, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Right? They, that's, in the uh-huh. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. One throw away from winning that Super Bowl. But you, you mentioned, obviously, AQ would get into it more. The trenches, what they do in the trenches. That O-line is crazy, having all those weapons. But then on the other side of the ball with that defense, you know, they just this third. This is the third game in a row, I believe, they pitched second-half shutouts on defense. Got a ton of home games left in the home stretch. They're tough, man. They run the ball, physical run game, physical receivers on the outside. They block. They're beasts when they have the ball in their hands. Kittle, like you said, that's a guy that you forget who's arguably coming into this season was the best tight end if healthy now, obviously, is Kelsey. But um, it's just a, you got your hands full that team on both sides of the ball, man. So, what do um, they do if they win? What do they do if they win? That, that was all what I, I would do. I was yeah. on a treadmill this morning, yeah. and all I was thinking about is Jimmy G is a free agent at the end of the season. They fuck around and won a Super Bowl this year, which <clears> seems like they have the makings to do it. What do you do? Do you try to trade Trey Lance? You're not going to get three first. You have to re-sign Jimmy G. What do you think you do? You got you to keep him. You, you, I think you, you have to. Yeah, have you hoist the Lombardi. Like, you, you got to keep him. He's looking better, man. He's, he's obviously making throws. And what Jimmy G has always been – Quick reads, quick throws, accurate with the ball in short spaces. But what you saw last night and even some, some of the previous games is his second reaction plays, like that second or maybe the 40-yard touchdown to Kittle, mm-hmm. like him stepping up in the pocket, oh, yeah, making extended. that throw before. The, the touchdown to IU, you know, he went through a couple of reads, came back to IU. So if he can continue doing that and just, you know, not fuck it up, honestly, with that defense and this run game, those weapons – Tough, tough team to beat. Everybody's saying he's doing nothing. Trey Lance wasn't able to do shit with this. I mean, maybe it's because he didn't know what he was doing, but Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl with the Niners, AQ Shipley. They have to keep him. And then what do they do with Trey Lance, who they just traded three number ones for, basically? What what happens then in the future? That's a great question. I've been the biggest fan of Jimmy. I I love what he does. He's the perfect. What's your dad text you last night? What's your dad? Did you say your yeah, dad? Yeah, my dad texted me. He goes, what, what's wrong with this? Like, this guy's a good quarterback. What is, what is wrong with this? <laughs> the standard yins are, I don't know what we're looking for. Uh-huh. Oh, this guy does win fucking yeah, this guy game. does win, right? Yeah, he texted me. That. And he's right. Like, I've been a fan of his. He manages the game well. He knows that system in and out. That system is quick throws. So, like, to expect him to be fucking throwing it down the field all the time, like, that's not what that system is. It's run the ball, manage the game, play action, short stuff. That's what they do, and he does it very, very well. What you do with Trey Lance moving forward? I, I, get rid of him. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody will yeah. take a chance on him, though. You look sure. around the yeah. league, and what do we have, 12, 13 maybe good quarterbacks? So you're like, are oh, we good with him? So somebody, he's probably going to be – 
if you look at the upcoming quarterbacks in the draft. Oh, yeah, um, I guess this year, not that good. Yeah, no. and, and even who knows what it's going to be the following year. So this guy was a number three pick, haven't had a ton of reps under his belt, but um, somebody will take a chance on him. Yeah. Drake May is coming out next year. He's know, unbelievable. So Drake May, North Carolina. I mean, that's one. <laughs> well, then there's also that other guy. It's always high. It's all, next look, year, Quinn. Remember, remember two years ago, we had five – you know, no brainers. We had Mac Jones, Zach we had Wilson. Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, yeah, Trevor Fields. Lawrence, Zach Wilson, huh? Justin, Fields. You know what I mean? Fields. Hey, Zach Wilson. Dougie. Zach, they averaged, there was somebody that tweeted it, and then oh, ESPN yeah. NFL <laughs> found, it, found it. The Jets averaged 2.77 inches per play Jeez. in the second half. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. Have yeah. to bench. They fucking stink. <coughs> shout, a, out to, uh, shout out to uh, Chris Tires. Is in football season. So, <laughs> yeah. Chris Towers of CBS. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris, for doing the math. However many Verify. plays, they only are able to get two yards. So, I mean, it's probably pretty That's quick math to be able to do it. But 2.77 inches per play in the second half against Patriots. Patriots have been able to do that to a lot of people. Remember, the Colts had negative two yards in the entire mm-hmm. first quarter. And then right. the second quarter, they didn't have much against Patriots. And that's why Jeff Saturday is currently coaching the Indianapolis Colts because Jim Mercy saw what was happening on the field with all the money he spent and said, I ain't hiring any of the motherfuckers that are on this current set. Uh, this ain't. Uh, we need somebody new. We need new ideas. That ship has sailed, is probably what Ursay <laughs> actually said. Brings in Saturday, takes the wrath of it. But the Patriots have humbled a lot of people. Zach Wilson and the Jets offense. Do you feel like you disappointed your defense? No, no. thanks. Mm, no. Shut the fuck up. Is that your mom? Watch it. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like Zach Wilson, the way he kind of handled that, I think we all thought was very immature. Like you're a quarterback of an NFL team. Even if you don't believe it in your actual heart of hearts, you should know that the proper answer there is, hey, let, did I, I disappointed myself. I disappointed all my coaches. I dis-. Like, there's just a way to go about leading, especially when times are very tough or you look terrible against a division opponent. It's like just classic leadership is to, like to do, you know, yeah. thumb pointer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this Thumb-y. is me. In the media part, the reporter actually gave them kind of a tough question, I guess, like, hey, do you think you disappointed the defense or whatever? And I think that's a little bit of a coming with a little jest from uh, the reporter. Let's but it was that. actually a, it was a, a layup for yeah. him to be like, not just the defense, because then he can cut a promo about the fans, yep. mm-hmm. how supportive the fans have been, the organization going all in, the ownership. Like it was literally a almost like a, hey, would you like to cut a promo yeah. that gets almost all heat off of you right now yeah. for at least another week? Here's a question. And he chose not to do it. And ultimately, they're probably going to end up with Flacco playing for them again. 100%. And who knows how Joey Flacco would do. AQ was friends with him. He's uh, a dog. Teammates with him. I'm excited to hear his thoughts. But this is what the Patriots do to people, though. Yeah. The Patriots make people go, fuck, we need to change everything because how bad to make them look. And you guys are in the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. And you have no chance of winning the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, we're like, you know, 30, maybe 28 other teams. But really, we're only like, you know, eight or nine because we're going to the playoffs unlike every single team on this table. Table, or in this studio, rather. Dolphins. Dolphins. Yeah, he's got, got 18 <laughs> teams. You know. I'll probably have three teams in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, if Gumby was here, absolutely, Box then he would be in on this, and who knows with Bruce's Giants. But with Jimmy G, like talking about, you know, what AQ said with, you know, a lot of short throws and the scheme of Shanahan, and like Darius said, like someone would take a chance on him. Now, if they win the Super Bowl, is Jimmy G going to take a pay cut to stay? He, no, he, fuck he, no. no. Especially after they were trying to run his ass out yeah, of town. Exactly. So if I'm Jimmy G, I'm taking yeah. Max deal, give it to me. Now, 
he might be a much nicer paisano who says like, yeah, I understand what you guys had to do, what you had to do. I missed that one throw in the Super Bowl, which has led to maybe Tom Brady coming here, maybe Aaron Rodgers coming here yeah. literally every single year. Mm-hmm. And when I'm hurt, we don't win. So whenever Jimmy G gets hurt, they don't win games. And they were pretty open about like, we like Jimmy G, but he has seemingly got hurt yeah. on a pretty regular occasion. We can't have him out of there. So I don't know. I don't think he'll take a team-friendly deal because of how it's all played out. But if he does, I hope there's a full statue put up of him of like the morally correct thing to do at all times, Paisano Jimmy G, who's known for going on dates with adult actresses. Yeah, like right. that is, that's an incredible human that I don't think we'll ever find again. And he, but he might, but I don't think so either. So just to unite the Jets and the Niners, would he go and play for Bob Sala? And then would Shanahan say like, "Hey, my scheme's still unbelievable. We still have Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, McCaffrey. Like, sure, Trey Lance has only played what." A game and a half because he got hurt in the second game. First game he was in a downpour. Did you win a Super Bowl, bro? I, I don't know. You win a Super Bowl and then you just let the quarterback. Has walk that ever up. happened? I don't uh, know. It'd be interesting. It'd Trent Dilfer, maybe with, with the Ravens back in the yeah, early 2000s. Dilfer is yeah. so bad at football though. And <laughs> Jimmy G is good. Let's go, Academy. Let's yeah. go, Mustang. Friend of the fan of He's friend of the program now. Massive fan of Dilfer. <laughs> uh, I really am. He's a great head coach. He is so bad at football. That team. Could have won three nothing in that Super Bowl if you remember, but defense was they they're unbelievable. They, Ray Lewis said we're kind of getting back to that now. The uh-huh. football is kind of yeah. like that nowadays. AQY is that offense is not as good anymore. What is the deal? It's a great question. I mean, I've been trying to figure that out watching all season long. I think this is your first year as like a pundit too, so yeah. I assume this has uh, been a fascinating thing because all we ever talked about before is how good offenses. I just want to let you know. In yeah. our, oh, I know. In this particular profession, as you were, you know, getting coffee and doing the cards and stuff mm-hmm. after a twelve-year career and everything like that, going back to the bottom of the film pool, we're talking about this offense, this offense, this offense. Who has a defense that can go to the Super Bowl? Now it's like. Yeah, that defense can go. Who has an offense that can go? It's very different, and I don't understand it at all, I don't think. Well, that's, that's been one of the coolest things for me this year doing this thing is being able to study all of the offenses and seeing all the different offenses. And you are seeing yards per carry at the highest clip it's ever been in NFL history. Oh, I saw that on ESPN, mm-hmm. NFL Live or something. Yep. Like that. But it is. It's, it's, it's run game is crazy. I mean, they are really hammering the run game. Is he stealing think, Dan stuff? Yeah, it sounds like is that. Is this uh, who he was again. subtweeting? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, my God. Is he coming at me? No, you need to stop stealing his shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Dan. Um, DQ Shipley. But the run game is becoming more of a focal point. It's becoming more of a focal point. And I think defenses, too. I think defenses used to blitz a lot more, and now they're staying back, playing more coverage. So it's a combination of a bunch of different things, and you're seeing less points. But it is. Every week I'm like, man, like I want to see – I need some more big plays. You don't see it. It's just kind of – TV just, purpose. Yeah, exactly. For TV purposes, yeah. a bad game is a great game normally for the defense yep. and a terrible game for the offenses. Why do you think it is? Do you think just coverages are getting better? Do you think matchups are getting better? Do you think this is a generation thing that grew up in the RPO game? So maybe like the D-line and linebackers are able to play it better? Or what do you think it I is? I think it's a combination thing, especially the coverages. You see a lot more too high coverages making forces – Forcing offenses to go the long, hard way, as opposed to when we were playing the league, it was a lot more, you know, single high coverages on first and second down. Now every down can be a passing down. Then on the, as far as run game, defensively, when I'm watching the film, the run fits, like it's like, are they even going over run fits anymore? Like it's, it's the gap integrity is, uh, is, is terrible. So uh, I think it's a combination. What's that all about? He's right. No, he's right. You see a lot of people, we always say take the easy way out, right? Like if, if a guy's got the backside A gap, like mm-hmm. – 
he has to squeeze that backside a gap. And when they get that backside scoop, we talk about the backside scoop, center backside. Hell scoop, yeah, hell yeah, right? single, double, triple. Well, he's got to stay between them, and when that center leaves, be able to keep that and keep forcing everything back. But if he takes the back door. Yep. That's where your huge holes are. What's that one block that we really like showcasing whenever we see it? Can that? opener? Oh, yeah. yeah. Talking about can yeah. Can yeah. Knife. yeah talking about can opener. Boom. Yeah. And then somebody can slip inside Scoop and I can get up and get a guard and a triple team. Right yeah. There. Single in the middle, double in between them, and then triple is tackle tight end. Exactly. Man. Single is center guard. Yeah. And these are all zone, is, these are all zone com- concepts, combos, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, single is center guard. <laughs> Double is guard tackle. Bingo. Triple is tackle tight end. Bingo. Look, Runs down to the right. They run a little triple there. Get up to the second level. Yep. How hey, about that? Hey. Little can over box. Let's go. Resume ready, man. It's gonna be Let's some go. Job yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. It's just be, yeah. No, no, I ain't coaching hey. shit. Oh, see. I would have to be head coach if yeah. I'm doing anything. Like that's why I have so much respect for Jeff Saturday. If I'm going in there, <laughs> gotta be head coach. All right. I'm sorry, I can't answer this guy. It's going to be tough for me to do that. Well, you sure don't want to be special teams coordinator? Hell no. There's no way I can do it. Saw Bubba Ventrone this weekend, Dog. Pittsburgh guy. Oh, yeah. I hope Patriots everybody legend. that plays for the Colts, yeah, has seen his film. Like, I hope oh, at some point yes. Jeff Saturday shows his film and says, like, hey, the guy that is coaching you is a fucking dog. Oh, also God. very smart. He is a football uh, savant-type brain. I watched him make a play this weekend that was awesome that nobody would ever really talk about. It was fourth and two. Punt safe, okay? Punt safe means we're leaving our defense on the field, basically. Just get a punt off. We have no return set up. Just make sure they punt it. We're probably going to end up with a fair catch or a two-yard return. Fourth and two, nobody getting near the punter. We don't need a roughing or running into the kicker. This is basically our D lineman just staying in, no fakes, punt it and go. They take a – something happens like a false start or five-yard penalty yep. goes back. Fourth and seven. Normally – Coaches aren't paying attention enough or the team isn't bought in enough. Bubba Ventron goes running down the field and he goes, ah, makes a call, something. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. Sub out the punt safe team. Sub in special teams uh, core unit in there. Mm-hmm. Run a return. Kiki Kuti uh-huh. uh, gets like a 15 or 20-yard return out of it out of nowhere, sparks everything. And it was like that's strictly because Bubba had everybody paying attention, first of all. So it's not just him paying attention. Everybody on the special teams had to be paying attention Locked at that exact up. time. And whenever he makes the call, he does it. And then they have to execute it. He's a great fucking coach. I do not have the wherewithal to focus on all that stuff. You know, oh, oh, fuck it, somebody won't be paying attention, just keep safe on that's, that's what I would, let's just get the ball back. But instead, he was out there. He was awesome to kind of watch, and he is oh, yeah. yoked. He's got it. Stacked. Yoked. I mean, his fucking neck. He could go cover a kick right now. I wonder why he didn't. I wonder if it was, did he get too old? What was it? Probably Price? got banged up. He played. So hard. Yeah, he, he, he was, because he, I, I was teammates with him in New England, and he yeah. was, Put him at L5, R5, and you run down the middle of it. At that point, it was probably three, four-man wedges. Is he at least stacked? Yeah, that so guy. he's bum, like, yeah. just, yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was the yeah, wedge. Yeah. Yeah. I got him yeah, exactly. one at the time. Yeah. I remember getting him once, and I felt real good about yeah. it. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he played he against going, him in high school. He Charvel. was Coach P's Keys every, every week. Like, especially Game week, record. Like, he was going to be on there for sure. But uh, you probably don't even remember this. Uh, we were at L.A. for the Super Bowl, and I was talking to you about potentially getting into coaching. I hey, man, I'm talking to some teams right by. He's like, but you will regret that. <laughs> <laughs> a year from now. I was like, ah, oh, good point. I had a couple conversations. I said that to you? Yeah. We yeah, were, yeah. Uh, the, he might have been on the way to that uh, the FanDuel thing, uh, the Fan Fest or whatever it was. Well, I'm happy you didn't. I'm happy you chose to do this this year instead. Now, you might get into coaching. Who knows? Maybe at some point. But it, it, the way the whole – 
because I feel like I'm a pretty curious person. So I enjoy learning about how things work and why things work. And with special teams, I don't have to pay attention to a lot of other stuff. So I'm talking to the building, like talking to a lot of people around the building. And whenever I talk to these coaches that are at the bottom level, like what they're doing. Now, they're in their 20s normally, though. They're like early 20s or so, mid-20s. What they're doing, it's like, okay, so I know I'm never doing that. Like, it was just kind of like a thing that was made up. And then you see ex-players start doing it, and they're like, hey, this is where I got to start at. It's here. I'm like, don't. Do not listen. I talk, It might sound fun first couple weeks. I've talked to these people that have been doing this week 10, week 11, week 12, it is not fun to be doing this, and your job doesn't change. It is every day you're doing the same thing. It's Groundhog's Day. And it's very low level. So that's probably why I said that. If, no. I, if I held you back from accomplishing no. your dreams. It was a good motivational speech. I think that's why I was so excited about the Jeff Saturday hiring. It's like, here we go. We'll be able to hopefully keep the best brains in football in football as opposed to being scared away from not wanting to do actual bullshit, like actual busy work bullshit that means nothing. And I, AQ, I think you had a different experience or whatever, but that's where it's at, and I'm happy that that's uh, hopefully getting changed a little bit. Well, hopefully, and that's why it makes so much sense. You know, you talk about how long you guys played. Like guys who are in that position who didn't play in the league, like you do, still have stuff to learn. So like those guys understand that. Hey, I'm 27. Like I'm gonna have to do this for the next maybe 10 to 13 years before I get a coordinator job or uh, you know a head coaching uh, like offer or whatever the yeah. case may be. But for, like, guys like you who you go in and you start back, like, you shouldn't have to just defer to the head coach because cause it's, like, the same thing. It's, like, if, if you're button heads and you know, uh, you know football, you maybe know more than the guy who's, you know, two levels above you, but, you, you know, you can't fucking publicly go at him or, or say happen, yeah. you have to just fall in line. And that's why it makes sense that guys would be like, all right, well, fuck this. I'm not doing that. Like, even if I know whatever he's talking about isn't right. That's not how what we need to do to win. I can't say anything. I can't do anything. Why would I just stay and do this groundhog day, you know, day after day? It's bullshit. It keeps a lot of great football minds out of yeah. the NFL, I think, personally. I think I the- think that's intentional, too, because it is it is a level of uh, insecurity. And, and don't get me wrong. I, There's I, great I coaches. Have, I, I was about to say, sure. I have great respect for um, coach, whether you play the game or not. Like, if you can teach the game, if Bingo. you can do all those things, like, that matters. And I respect the time that's put in and all that. But, um... AQ, for example, you know, he's 21, 22. He has another 12 years to go actual, to actually play, you know, and, and in Brady's words, to go, he's he's doing tours, basically, at that time. While the oh, hey, father was in the military, career, yeah. military family, he <laughs> means no disrespect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do not attack him. So, play, you know, playing, so playing over a decade in the league while these other guys are gaining experience doing those other things. So it matters, but you should come in and going into the military, if you go and just get a four-year college degree, you're going to come into the military a higher rank than somebody who just comes in out of high school. And that has nothing to do. So if you actually playing football for a long time, you should skip the line in some terms. But yeah. So this Jeff Saturday Not every thing, player, though. By not, and every player can't coach. That's I honest. Sure. And there's going to be guys that lack self-awareness who think uh-huh. they can yeah. coach, and they're not good coach. Yeah. And I think everybody's going to tell them they're for not sure. good coaches, and there's going to be that type of thing. But there are guys that have played in the league who have been scared to get back in the league and stay in the league because they don't want to go through all of yeah. the bullet because they know themselves, right? Am I going to be able to say, just bite my tongue and say, yeah, that's the right way to do things when I know it's, I know it's not a feasible option? Like, guys just opt not to do it. So that's why I think the Saturday thing is so fucking important. You've been there, I guess, so I guess well, here's, we should defer here, to you. Here's the interesting thing, too, and this is the way that I've always, you know, my, my one year spent there, right? You... 
you leave no stone unturned, right? You, you go, like, if you're playing against Dennis Allen, right, in yep. New Orleans, and that was a team that we saw twice a year. Like, we're going back and looking at film of him playing against us in Arizona when he's coaching in Oakland mm-hmm. with the Raiders. And it's like, hold on a sec. You don't think he's fucking changed something here in 10 years, right? <laughs> First of all. Second of all, the minute this game starts, you could have prepared and practiced everything that they've ever shown yep. on tape. There's going to be something different. After that first drive and you get smacked in the mouth and you smack them in the mouth, then what happens? Then it becomes a game of fucking chess. Mm-hmm. Every single series you have to adjust. you got to look at the tablet. you got to do this, th- that, and the other. And so what they did the previous four weeks or what they did the previous 14 fucking years yeah. that we looked at might not even show up that day that you just spent seven fucking plays in practice working on. And so the whole thing is, is you, you chase ghosts and half the time they don't show up in the game. Why do you think uh, – do you think you'd get back into coaching? If you were able to have an actual, boom, <laughs> there's that key fixing a grinder doing the dirty 12 work. Years, twelve years, okay, twelve years. Obviously, in the NFL, numerous different programs, organizations, mm-hmm. ends up winning a Super Bowl. Welcome to coaching. Fix our fucking printer, you fat lord. Now we got a paper jam, colleague. <laughs> Put a fucking mask on. Put a mask on, right. Come on. By the way, like, we're not saying that we don't think AQ should have to do this. As a part of a team, he would want to do this if the printer wasn't working. But it's like the menial tasks that you are basically being laid out. That's the fucking sheet that I ripped out. Great work. Hey, thank you for hey, fixing hey, it. I'm sorry for that. But it is like your job description is like, okay, you'll yeah, fix is. printers. advantage. Jason Ghost. Jason Ghost. That was actually a play that they ran in That's 1964. That was Dennis Allen's play from Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like your job description. They're like, here's your job. You're going to be fixing printers. You're going to be getting coffee. You're going to be drawing up play cards. Uh, special teams are going to need a look guy. You're going to be playing nose tackle on special teams. And it's like, man, I didn't play in the NFL for over a fucking decade to come here and get coffee for a guy who might be the best coach of all time. Maybe. Might be. Sure. Maybe. I don't know. But also, it's, uh, I think this is good. Would you ever get back into coaching or no? If you're giving an actual position. I think, I mean, you've heard, you, you've had plenty of former players talk about it that have given this thing a try and talked about, what is it, desk guarding, right? Like they say, desk guarding. Chasing ghosts is a great way to also describe yeah, it. Chasing ghosts, doing that stuff, right? So there's, well, he's if, seeing. if we can figure out a way to be much more efficient and make this a normal hour job, like this does not need to be a get in at 3 a.m. and beat John Gruden into the building like they used to in Philadelphia, and then, hey, he's still here at 12.15 at night. Oh, got to beat him. I got to stay, like right? Like there's... There, there's this old adage that that's the way this needs to be done, and I don't think there is. I think you can be very efficient, get your stuff done in a normal, reasonable time, and if that were the case... What's and- happening right now? All these coaches that have grown up in the coaching trees are fucking swearing at their phones right now that are watching this because of what you're saying, or no? Maybe. They, Do they, they, agree? they don't have time. They're, chase, they're watching. They're chasing ghosts. <laughs> Do they believe, though, that it has to be done this way? Is that why they continue to do it? I just or think just that's the only way they know. Been yeah. Done? Yeah. I think it's the only way they know, right? And so, like, a lot of these guys, even the young guys that have come, right? McVay was coaching, right? Like, I think his dad was whatever, comes from, like, the San 70s and 80s trees, San right? Fran, yeah. San yeah. Fran, exactly, mm-hmm. right? It's grandpa, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like. And then he grew up in Gruden. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's all they know. And if you think about a lot of these coaches, they just keep circulating. They all just keep circulating. They all come from the same trees and they all do, which is fine. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because there's obviously been a lot of successful people in that. But I also think there's another way. I think there's another way. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what that is. Go ahead, Ty. Do you think that I mean, without with 
with there are a couple exceptions, but do you think that's also why younger head coaches don't necessarily have a bunch of former players on their staffs? Because they, like a guy who's just getting his first crack at being a head coach, doesn't want some thirteen-year NFL vet right off his playing career coming. I in would assume maybe. AQ with like Zach Taylor, right? No offense to Zach Taylor, I'm sure he's okay. But if you have like AQ, is Zach Taylor's first year where they were not doing well? In mm-hmm. AQ is mm-hmm. running coffee and paper for whoever and AQ just sees something that is blatantly dumb happening, say it publicly, a lot of the players are going to be like, exactly. this is the guy. Yeah, this yeah. guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Like, D'Amico Ryans obviously was a, a good player. Yep. He's the D.C., but I think, I mean, he kind of did get fast-tracked a little bit, but a lot of these younger guys, I feel like you don't, you don't see really any, I mean, with the exception of the Lions, you don't really see many former players on their staff. And I think it, that's why, is because if they start losing, you don't need a guy being like, why the fuck are we doing this shit? Why, well, how'd you get your job? Yeah. That's, that, on paper, that seems like a good time. Uh, that's not possible in real life. Always a good convo whenever we can bring up Jeff Saturday and then talk about, you know, everybody that just buried it who might end up benefiting from it. So yeah. that's awesome. Uh, that's a cool thing. Let's talk about Matt Rule. He was on Good Morning Football. It's great to see him again. He's been living his life ever since he was fired from the Carolina Panthers after week five, week four. Zero. Three? Four? Was it four? I think it was after week four. It might have been. Early. Fired. See you later. Steve Wilkes is going to take over now, interim head coach. They're going to get rid of Christian McCaffrey. They're going to get rid of Robbie Anderson because he's not happy with what's going on. They're still going to hang on to incredible players, though, and tell their fans that they're not tanking, although they are certainly looking at a brand-new future. Matt Rule, we have not seen or heard from him. He makes an appearance on Good Morning Football wearing a sport coat, looking incredibly professional. And we appreciate the people at Good Morning Football for getting him on here because listening to him chat about what happened at Carolina was pretty enlightening. And I got to cover Matt rule whenever he was coaching Baylor against Texas Tech in the Texas shootout, I believe. Cliff Kingsbury's last game coaching for Texas Tech before he would go on to become the Arizona Cardinals head coach. And then obviously Matt Rule would leave Baylor after having an incredible amount of success and go become the Carolina Panthers head coach. So getting a chat with Matt Rule, his players, and then hear his story a little bit. I always thought he was a cool guy. Thought he'd work in the NFL. Started in the NFL at the Giants way back when, whenever he was running papers and everything like that. Here is why he thinks it didn't work at Carolina. Let me know what your thoughts are on him potentially being a coach at either your college or your NFL team after listening to this answer? I think when I look back at my time in Carolina, um, Different I look back on it fondly. I'll yeah. say that first. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I, I think I'll always take away from it that, that no matter what level you coach, when I've coached at FCS, I've coached at Division Three, I've co- coached at Group of Five, Power Five, and in the NFL, mm-hmm. it always comes down to relationships. Mm-hmm. And if I, if I could go back, I wish I would have done a better job in year one and year two of having really strong relationships with the players. And, I, you know, I can blame COVID and masks and all mm-hmm. those things, but, but, but last year, at the end of last year, I, I got together with Shaq Thompson. I got together with Christian McCaffrey. And you know what? I went back to just being, you know, Coach Matt. You know, the guy that was coaching at Temple, the guy that was running around a t-shirt and shorts and having fun with it. And um, it didn't end the way I wanted it to. But I, you know, I'm proud I never lost the locker room. Mm. I'm proud that you know um, those guys, those guys fought and stood up for me to the very end. And so um, I hope I get another chance to coach. I hope that uh, you know I'll, I'll try to do some things better football wise. You know, I, um, but uh, at the end of the day, relationships and players knowing, man, that you'll you'll do whatever you can for them. That's the most important thing. That's who I've always been. It was great to get back to that 
just probably a little too late. Because yeah. yeah. I'm an American man making American parts for American <laughs> people. Yeah, right. Is that what you're getting out of that? Darius and AQ were having a little bit of a side conversation oh. as this video. Matt Rule, Penn State man, by the way. So yeah. I'm excited to hear how AQ mm-hmm. can shit on one of his own like he did with Joe DiNardo, obviously. Right. <laughs> uh, Darius, you hear that? What are your thoughts on it? Do you think he, he said, I want to blame COVID where we weren't allowed to sit around each other or get to know anybody and they couldn't, I couldn't even see their faces, see if they were smiling or anything like that. But there is something to people getting a job and thinking they got to act in a certain yeah, way. For sure. I wonder if there was a little bit of that whenever he got paid $70 million guaranteed to go coach in the NFL out of Baylor. Hey, first of all, hey, Matt Rule's living a good life right now. But, uh, I mean, it was good. Little, little, I feel like he was kind of honest, a little self-reflection. But relationships are important. And, and it's hard to kind of build those relationships, too, because you know it is a cutthroat business. And you could be in the building, out of the building the next day. Um, so that was uh, that was interesting to hear that. But uh, Go ahead, AQ. Your thoughts on Matt Rule. What is your... Is got what? What is your? Yeah, what's going on? I here? just would like everybody to know it wasn't shown on camera. <laughs> As he was speaking, now AQ is very close to him. I mean, he's yeah. like a foot and a half away from the thing. He's been saying, "AQ couldn't keep it together." Not no, right. AQ was like laughing like a little kid in a classroom that was sitting in the back of the room. Didn't think yeah. everybody. Because what are you laughing AQ. about? Well, you- I'll say this, and and this is props to you first, right? Like props of the fact that you never have changed really who you are whenever okay, this thing has grown. Appreciate that. I don't understand why people think they need to, right? Like, okay, okay so it took them two years, three, two and a half years to figure out, like, oh, I just need to go back to being Coach Matt from Temple. <laughs> Coach Matt sounds like, awesome. Coach Matt from yeah. Temple. Yeah. Coach Matt from Coach Temple Matt. got you to Coach Matt at Baylor and which make a shit ton of money and may have a lot of success, which got you to $70 million. With Coach and Rule. Now you become, exactly, Coach Rule. Now all of a sudden, we got to, we got to change everything we did. Like, I, I don't just understand don't, that either. I don't either. I don't get it. Like, why does it happen? You think it's it an inferiority complex? Or you think that's what it is? Do you think they lack of confidence? Do you think they feel like they have to portray an image? Because it's kind of what's happening with Russell Wilson right now, right? Mm. Like Russell Wilson's acting like a movie character of what an NFL quarterback's supposed to be, and it's kind of getting pointed out now. Oh, this guy's free gays. This guy's fraudulent. It's almost like people do that when they get a role. They like feel like they have to act how they're supposed to act in that position. But you would hope that somebody would be mentally tough enough not to give in, especially if they're going to be an NFL head coach. But it happens all the fuck. Time. All the time. And I, I, I've played for coaches that have done that, have completely switched, completely mm, changed. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, that guy, you're going to love that guy. Well, then I get in the room with that guy. And it's almost like that guy sat in the back of the room for four years as a coordinator, an assistant, or whatever it is, right? And it's like, oh, this, I don't like that. I'm, we're not doing that when I'm head coach. We're not doing that. And so when you lose 45 to 7 and you get up there and you're like, we lost that game because you didn't wear closed-toed shoes. <laughs> that's the reason, right? Oh, and yeah, so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and, th- and so there's all these things that happen, I think. You sit in the back of the room, and you're like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that. This, it's getting too loose in here. i got to rein it back in. And then you do that, and you lose the group. Yeah, when, you I get, did. when you get in that locker room, like it's, it's more important that you are yourself, that you're authentic. When you're coming into a bunch of – you're dealing with a bunch of pros. You're dealing with a bunch of grown-ass men. So for you to have that respect – Week in and week out. And shit's going to go bad. Shit's going to go good. It's hard as fuck to win on any level, but especially in the NFL. So being yourself, being your authentic self, because you can't go, you can't start one way and things are going well and you turn into a different coach or things are getting bad and now you turn into a hard ass. Like, it doesn't work like that. You lose respect uh, immediately. So uh, I, don't, I don't know why people do it. You got to stay true to yourself as much as you can. COVID probably didn't help, right? No I mean, COVID probably didn't help. And he's a college guy, so who knows what people are going to think going in there. But they always say, like, uh, the locker – you heard, like, Rex Ryan. Anybody that's been around the NFL will say, locker room will know if you're being yeah. real or not. Mm-hmm. I honestly believe that the locker room might be – the NFL locker room might be the most difficult crowd 
in the history of crowds. And a head coach has to speak to said crowd every single day and get everybody to buy in. You're talking about people from every walk of life, every single background, all having their own stubbornness because that's probably what made them in there. And you got to get them all to buy into one message. That's why during hard knocks with the lions, that comedian one in there, yeah. as he was walking in, I got uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. I got, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> this is, I've seen this. I've seen this before. This is going to go bad. Him crushing on there. I was like, all right, that dude's good. That yeah. dude is very good. It's a tough room. And I honestly believe that an NFL locker room has the guys and the leaders in there that can point out a Fugaze. And if other people can't point out a Fugaze, somebody's going to say, isn't it interesting that my, 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 and then blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, yeah. Huh. And then that starts like rolling into the whole thing. You just got to be your true self, I think, since day one. Or if you're going to be a Fugaze, you have to be the Fugaze. At all times. Right. It's hard to do. At, you're going to get caught. Yeah. At some moment, you're going to get caught. You're going to be tired. You're going to be angry. You're going to have something go on. And you're going to be caught not being the person that you've been trying to portray forever. So if you're always yourself, it's a lot easier. I appreciate the compliment. And people ask me um, why. I don't think I'm smart enough to. Like, I don't think I'm smart enough to change. And also, if you change, at some point, I'm going to resort back to yeah. this. And everybody's going to be like... What is that? It's like you're almost setting yourself up for future failure when you're not your authentic self. But for some ever, for some reason, when people get put in positions of power, they feel like they got to change. It happens in all walks of life. Not every coach is like this. It sounds like we're burying all coaches. No, you do have to change to some extent. You I know, agree. You, evolve. You, yeah, exactly. Evolve. That's the better. But you're still authentically yourself. So when you go from being, you know, a rookie to a for, now you become a captain of the team, there are things that you have to do differently, but still, you know, be yourself. Like that shouldn't be that hard to do. And then I hate when you hear coach, oh, I just had to, yeah, I had to, I went connected with Christian McCaffrey and Shaq. Like, it's a star of your team. Yeah. like three That's interesting, man. It honestly is. And it must've been the price tag on his head that made him think and act a different way. Might think he had to be something Ooh. different, but it certainly did not work out. Well, didn't you say from the get go too, like that you hope he, ha he was going to have success and you saw a path where like he definitely could, but like he's a hard ass. He's kind of just all about Football. ball. Exactly. Ball. And like, when you get into the NFL, I mean, obviously it wasn't to the magnitude where it, it's like Saban, where he still he was acting when he got to the Dolphins, he was acting like everyone was eighteen and he had his you know thumb down on everyone. Like so, it wasn't really like that. But like you can't do that when you get into the NFL. And I mean, granted, he's making a shitload of money, but you just guys are adults; they're just not going to put up with that bullshit. They don't care how much success you had at, at Baylor. Baylor or wherever. <laughs> like it just you got guys coming out of Bama. Yeah, where'd you go, Baylor? All right. Yeah, okay. we were one by sixty. Yeah, right. You guys, I think. But the, another fascinating uh, case study of college coaches in the NFL that never gets brought up: Petrino was the coach of the Falcons. Yep. There was almost an actual, from what I've been told. I'm not going to say any names that told me. There was almost a uh, mm -hmm. of Petrino by somebody that nobody would expect on the Atlanta Falcons team because uh, somebody had to somebody had to answer a phone call from their wife on like a bus or something like that. And Petrino's like nobody can talk, nobody's allowed to speak on the bus rides, nobody was allowed to speak at dinner. Like it was like a full college thing, night before <laughs> meal, nobody's allowed to speak at these things. Somebody had to answer a call from their wife. And like all hell broke loose, and he almost got his ass beat. From what I've been told, he almost got his ass beat by. And then I think he left he, yeah, he in quit. the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in the middle of the night or something like. Yeah. yeah so Saban, I heard. Saban fucking left the studio. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was also a similar situation per sources as well. But with Matt Rule, <laughs> oh, with Matt Rule, like just looking at his whole career in the Panthers, he had Teddy Bridgewater during COVID. Then he had 
Sam Darnold, and then he had Baker Mayfield. Like, it's not as if – and yeah. Joe Brady left halfway through the guy he hired to be his OC. Yeah, like, got fired. Fi- got fired, yeah, excuse got me. got fired. Yeah. But it, it just seemed like he didn't really have a chance from the beginning. And, you know, not, not to mention when he took the Panthers head coaching job, Tom Brady wasn't playing for the Buccaneers. So it, it was kind of a situation <laughs> where he got absolutely fucked Bamboos, from, from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. I but, think he's going to be go back to college. He's going to go to a big Nebraska. college program. Go back to Coach Matt. Everybody's thinking he's going to Nebraska. That's I think that makes a lot of sense. It does. Well, West Virginia makes a lot of sense, too. Give me Dion at West Virginia. Mm. Please. Yesterday. He gave a speech to his team about going home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. He posted it. It was like, there's like a 2022 great co- – like, that's a guy who uh, cares about his team. Like, as I was watching the video, there's a guy that cares about his team, relates to his team. Also – a little bit of fucking like hard nose, like hey, yeah. we're not we're not fucking around. Like I think a lot of people think that Prime is not somebody that holds his team accountable, but I think any content that you see come out of from yeah. that place, and now most of it's coming from Prime and everything like that. I think he is like somebody that feels comfortable enough and feels an obligation to hold people accountable. Almost like hey, I'm going to teach you things that you weren't taught whenever you were growing up. This is something that I feel obligated to do. I can do because of what my resume says. Prime is good everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In any neighborhood in the world, yep. Prime can walk into. I'm not just talking about hood. I'm talking about, like, he can walk into a billionaire fucking. He's, Prime's good everywhere. If you get him a part of your program, I think you try your best, especially after what I saw at Jackson State. Take him to West Virginia, Mount Mama. First, first undefeated season, 11 and 0. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, Jackson State is not but just yeah. recruiting. Yeah, and relationship. That's a part of it, too. You know, it's not being like, okay, I'm going to connect. We're going to be the same, but being able to uh, let the players know you care about them. And then when you're giving them, like, he gives them, like, real game. Like, when things are going on and certain, hey, don't do this. Think, see the big picture. And Ben, I was around Prime uh, coming out of college. And um, I thought kind of the same thing, you know, just because you, you saw primetime. That was all you saw. But then High actually, step in. Yeah. But then actually seeing Dion and knowing, you know, how disciplined, how regimented he was, how serious he took preparation in football and then having that. And I'm sure all these, a bunch of these coaches are doing this on the college level. But coaches like high school, collegiate, pro, like they are very, very important, you know, to have around young men. So I like Dion a lot. Job. Somebody's going to hire him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody, some big school is going to hire him. And I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, he sold out or whatever. He's like, no, no, I think he opened up more avenues, more mm-hmm. doors for people to go to the SWAC and then get a big job. So it, like, becomes another thing. Not that it's not a big deal to begin with, but, like, that's a. I think what he has done, and if he goes somewhere else, it's good overall, as opposed to the people just want to look at negatively. But everybody's saying rules go to Nebraska, though. It seems like it's a storied tradition. Mm-hmm. They can pay him right. a lot of money, yep. and he'll be able to do whatever the fuck he wants, basically, in a conference that's only growing and getting bigger with the you know USC and UCLA potentially mm-hmm. coming into the fold. I mean, it is. It's almost set up perfectly for him out there in Nebraska. And when Nebraska was like really kicking ass in like the mid '90s, you know, late '90s, like they, you know, the black shirts, like their defense was unbelievable, and it hasn't been that in a long time. And like that, I mean, that's his, you know, bread and butter, mm-hmm. like toughness and all that kind. Of, it just makes a lot of sense. And after the fiasco with Scott Frost, like they just need a hard reset with a guy who has proven that he can do it. It just, I don't know. And, and like you mentioned with the boosters, like Nebraska for, 
you know, whatever anyone wants to say about him, like they fucking love football there and care about it more than just about anything. And like, they have stunk long yeah, so time, long, long time. time. Shout out to the boy, by the way, Will Compton. Yep. Shout out. Signed with the Atlanta Falcons. Good luck out there, Will. We'll get him. Hey, go cover a kick, Will. Let's go. They need your leadership down there. Yeah, and maybe Nebraska will, you know, hire him on Saturday after they get embarrassed on Friday. We'll see. I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. Who they got on Friday? Well, they got the Heroes game with Iowa. You know. Oh, I was going to end up Canic in the Big Stadium. Ten Championship game. Oh my God! Awesome! What a fucking what a time to be alive! What a great country we live in. Patrick is going to go eight of nineteen. They're yep. going to score seventy-two six yards, probably two picks. Defense will probably force you know four or five turnovers. Tory Taylor will have six, seven punts inside the ten. Hell yeah! He didn't make the red guy. No, he didn't. Really? But he has openly said that he doesn't give a shit about uh, like awards and good like, Ray guy specifically. So there was no way that, that makes me like him even more. <laughs> yeah. By the way, no rest in peace to Ray guy. Obviously, thank you for sure. what you did for the punting position. Mm-hmm. But the way awards are chosen in that thing, just as somebody that has been forced. To rent a suit and get my parents out of work to go down to Orlando to go to the ESPN award show. Where we met. In which AQ and I <laughs> AQ and I did meet. We tore it down there first. Oh, what a night. The last people into the hotel. They had somebody waiting for us to check us off to make sure we were safe. We're the last people back into the hotel. Me and AQ, first night we meet each other face to face. I'd heard of them. Outland? I want Remington. Nice. Best center in the country. It wasn't on the show. They won it the night before the show, so you just had to sit through the whole fucking show. Oh, God. It was a good time down there. They announced it. They're like, and also. (laughs) And also. (laughs) Award winner. We had a blast down there, though. Yeah, we did. Ran into a guy that I work with now, two out and about, at one particular place. Yeah, we saw him. Old Herbie. I met Herb Street. That was like the coolest thing. Oh, no way. Yeah, AQ knew him because Herbie had called Penn State games before. At at that stage, Herbie wasn't calling like uh, Thursday Night Football at that point for our team, so I hadn't met Herbie yet. And it was uh, probably early in the night or whatever. He was. We went to a little bar in the back of Orlando, and he was sitting in the corner. I go, holy shit, Herb Street. Mm-hmm. I, I said, holy shit, Herb Street's here. And he goes, oh, you, I know him. Let's go say hi. I don't know if you knew him or not at that time. You sold that you did. Great conversation. He was yeah. a fucking great guy. Great dude. Had a drink together, walked out of there, went to another spot. Then another spot. Then another spot. Then another spot. We had a good time. It was literally magic yeah. since day one, old AQ <laughs> yeah. and I. Went we to an after-hours bar, I believe. <laughs> this is an award show. Yeah. This is an award show. We go back in there. What time do you think Tebow checked in that night? Yeah, Tebow had a whole 7:30. team. You remember his whole team he had with yeah, him? Yeah, he did. There was a couple people that had teams there. You know, Tebow was, was a big He was big a big deal. Yeah. deal. He was a big deal. He introduced himself to all of us, though. Like He was very nice to all of us, but he had his whole team. They were sitting at like another section while all of us were there. Um, Colt McCoy was a dude. Mm-hmm. Colt? Colt was just cool as fuck, just yeah. walking around. Mm-hmm. Who's running back out of Georgia? Oh, no, Sean. Uh, no, Sean. No, Sean. No, Sean Marino. Yeah. So cool. I ain't no Sean. We saw No Sean. Yeah, we saw him out. No Sean was yeah. awesome. He was incredible. You remember how good he was at fucking oh, Georgia? Incredible. God. He had so much wiggle. That was, was a good time down yeah. there. But anyways, we weren't the right three people to be down there for that award. There was certainly three other punters that were better. And I think the Augusta something committee were the ones that picked the finals. And then Ray picked the winner out of the finalists. Out of the three finalists, I was clearly like everything was – I had more punts longer than 50 yards than the other guy had who was just – it punts in general. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't even one of those things. Ray picked the other guy to win, and it was at that moment I was like, yeah, this is why I fucking hate awards forever. High school, I'm the only kid basically out of my high school that's gotten offers in like three sports in the history of the place. 
finalist of male athlete of the year for my own high school at Plum High School, okay? No, it's like these awards I have lost on a regular basis, which has made me hate them all. The Ray Guy one where I had to sit through the fucking ESPN award. Hour and a half afterwards in a fucking clown suit, mm-hmm. sitting there. To, Bowden gave a full speech, remember that? Oh, yeah. Tebow gave a full speech. Yeah, a lot of speeches. A lot of speeches. We're just sitting there. Fucking Tim McAfee, Sally McAfee are like... Get us the fuck out of here. <laughs> One of the first ones. So I like that Tory Taylor has that mindset. And Tory needs to know, like, in the history of the Ray guy, and I haven't looked into it as much because I didn't care about the award either after I left, I don't think any of the winners have gone on to have good professional career. I might be wrong. I haven't looked into it enough. But I know, like, from my class, the class before, 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 the class before. Like, they, it doesn't mean translate to anything. So I like that he has that feeling. But I think it's kind of bullshit he wasn't a finalist. The guy fucking won games for the team. Is that not an important punter? <laughs> yeah. Is that not an award-winning punter? You tell me what else we're judging for. Yeah, so. and it just emphasizes what you've said. Like, the award doesn't mean shit. It's not real. <laughs> like, he has, like, 10 punts inside the 6 this year. I don't know how many inside the 20. Like, he has single... This is the worst offense in the history of college football. And Still one game. And they're about to go to the fucking Big Ten Championship. Yeah. Why? Because their special teams and their defense is fucking unbelievable. It's a travesty. It's a joke. But, yeah, I mean, he doesn't care, and he said it. All right, Tori, we might create an award. Yeah, an award here. We, here. Uh, we might create a punting award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's really – I mean, there's only, like, a couple like, that, are, that? that are good that have won the Ray guy. Yeah, legit. I like mean, Wisnowski. Mitch won? That's good. I'm fucking happy to hear Mitch won one. Who won it last year? He's a dog. I, nobody, nobody won. That's last what year. I thought. Yeah. Nobody? Tough, tough go for the Ray Guy Award, I'd say. Rest in peace, to Ray. Not his. Who we're talking <laughs> about the award? Award. That's what I said. Uh, the guy who got drafted to the Bills. And the guy, ah. won, and the guy that won the year before. Right, some Mark. Presley. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Presley won. I'm happy for him. They're saying the kid from Michigan should State's going to win it this year. I haven't seen. It. I should. That's something I should put more time into. Is like college football kicking and punting. I should do that at the end of the year. You should. Yeah. I should rank my top five kickers and punters from around the country. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have them be top five. I'm just going to say I'm not going to have them in order because situations Situation. are situational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like some punters aren't going to be able to have as big of an average because the way their team operates, yeah. they're only kicking with a short field. Some teams aren't going to be able to have as big of an average because their offense stinks, so they're kicking with a full – like there's just – yeah. There's so many different things. I'll do like my top five guys that I think are guys. Yeah, like a tier. That'll be a guys. Yeah. Yeah. These are my people that I think are guys. Yeah, and you got to leave the Michigan State guy out of it because he didn't break up that fight between him and the True. Michigan player. Good you know? point. That was said to me by somebody when that fight was talking about, and I I disagreed internally <laughs> but did not feel as if the fight needed to take place about the position of the other Michigan State players during that Michigan State-Michigan fight in the tunnel. I would like to be on record as stating that any of those other Michigan State players, you would have to be a fifth-year, six-year senior captain. Anybody else on that team caught on film, not help. I think it's a bad look if you are saying, hey, boys, 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 this guy. That's going to be a tough – unless you're a six-year or seventh-year now, which you can be, I think, with the COVID year, senior. I don't think anybody else could have been in a position to potentially do that. But nonetheless – Cooler heads need to prevail at all times. Amen. Hey, Q, you guys got in a fight in that tunnel, didn't you, Penn State? We never did, but... No, no, Penn State did. Penn State did? Ohio State did first, then Penn State, and then the Michigan State won three in a row. I could see how it could happen. I've been in that that tunnel. What? I guess... Hundreds of years. How the hell could that happen? Never happened? Never happened before it. It's almost like that scene out of Rudy where, like, the two two teams are just, like, holding them back and staring. Were you ever... Were you the first person in the locker room after games? 
No, I was usually the last. So you potentially were in the middle of uh, – because from what I've heard with that tunnel, and me and Darius didn't play there because we played in the fucking Big East, didn't we? Damn right. What? Goddamn right. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Big East. That conference is gone, right? Basketball, yeah. they still got a thing, I think. Yeah, they still play basketball. Good not basketball. The, not the same. Not the same, though, yeah. yeah. So okay. here's the tunnel, right? The yeah. tunnel's like this, and then this is the tunnel. I don't know if you want to zoom in on that thing. Oh, so it looks like a regular tunnel. Yeah, boom. That's a ton. Kind of. But I think they're coming in from here, right? And then mm-hmm. this is the this is the Michigan locker room, and then this is the away team's locker room, right? And then sometimes, do some more adding here, you know, sometimes there's uh, – those are humans trying to get in a locker room oh. because it's kind of like it gets bottlenecked up there yeah, because it's sure. a wide tunnel, and then it goes down to one door. A lot of players. And every once in a while after a game, the team is trying to get into said, said tunnel, right? And then after there's been a certain amount of time, now here comes Michigan up, right? And they're going into here. But every once in a while, there's a chance – that there are still some people right here. Mm-hmm. So these people that are maybe leading after the game after maybe a win are going in here. How is that not always a fight? How yeah. is there not always something yeah. that he said there? I, I have a, the amount of respect I have for the history of Michigan football for not getting into a fight every single home game. I think does need to be. Hey, way to go. Hey, good restraint. Way to go, boys. Good, on good you. discipline there. That seems like a setup for a fight every football Definitely. Game. It's a few, few tunnels like that in the NFL. Buffalo. Bills. Like it's one more. Which there has been fights. Remember Fournette? I think Fournette, yeah. when he was with Jacksonville, got into a fight. And everybody thought it was that big of a deal. Jair Alexander coming yeah. out with Stephon oh, Diggs yeah. a couple mm-hmm. weeks pre, ago. Pre, pre-game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, before Sunday Night Football. Pros mm-hmm. have, like, I think, you know, a little cooler mindset potentially, so not as many fights because you're growing older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're making money. But like 18 to 23. Especially if you just got your ass beat. Yeah. Biggest game of the year. Maybe failed the test the day before. I don't know. Did you guys ever win in Michigan? No. No. (laughs) Beat them at home. Lost there. Oh! Let's go. Good win, though. Big win. 45-14 as a senior. Whoa. 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 Were we doing that whole thing? Uh, Is Is that the techno song? It's uh, Zombie Sin? Nation, isn't Zombie it? Nation. Oh, yeah. Sin- we all oh, 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 as many fireworks as they do now, has the whiteout always been? No, the way no, it is? it's a whole production now. That's it is awesome. It Have is you seen this shit, Darius? What I'm they not. do up there? Oh, oh, oh dude, it is. It's a production. Shit. Yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah. awesome. It's unbelievable. It How many in your stadium? Hundred. I think it says one hundred and six, but they. Get like 109, 110 on the Standing venue room only. Okay. Second to Ann Arbor, right? So, you know, yeah, yeah the yeah. big house. We did this list. Yeah, yeah we yeah. looked at it. I forget who it was. Auburn, I think, is up there. Mm-hmm. LSU is up there as well. Tennessee. Tennessee. Isn't the Coliseum up there? up there? Yeah, Coliseum might have 90 yeah, some or 100 anymore, some. Rose Bowl. I think the Rose Bowl's up the there. The seats are still there. Yeah. Yeah. They're not talking about humans. They're just talking about the seats being there. I've heard, and I don't know if you've calculated this or not, I don't think I've ever been in front of 100 some thousand. I don't think. WrestleMania? No, how much was WrestleMania? Oh, uh, WrestleMania. Where's that? That's no, big no, Rose. Rose. Dallas. I don't remember how many was there. But I've heard like over, what, like 80,000? You can't tell the difference, or is that a lot, you think? Uh, I mean, when we would play at Ohio State, and they're, I think they're the same. They're 105, mm-hmm. 106 or something. I mean, it was loud. Different. But the thing that's funny is Michigan, it, 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 it all depends. Like, think about Seattle. Exactly, right? Seattle Stadium goes like straight up, so all the so that's sound Virginia Tech too comes right down on top of you. Michigan Stadium goes out. I never thought it was that loud, mm. but Ohio State 
is loud. Well, in Michigan fans, a lot of people would say they're not as rowdy as This will make Ty happy. Facts. One of the loudest games I ever played in was at Iowa. Goddamn Iowa right. gets loud. Uh, did you wave to the kids? That was they before didn't have that happened. Yeah, they didn't uh, have you probably wouldn't have anyways. You yeah, if we had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Huh. Hey, Joe DiNardo, hate kids. Unbelievable. Jeez. You mean cuss. What did you say? Just have a, just <laughs> have, just have a, day, just have a daycare at my house. <laughs> All right, right now, currently? Currently. Yeah. In a sweet jungle gym. And live from an attic in Ohio. In Columbus, Ohio. The home of the scene that will be happening on Saturday in which there is a college football playoff berth on the line. The game. The big game. Michigan traveling to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. The man that's joining us now is not only synonymous with the Ohio State Buckeyes, not only is he synonymous with college football as a whole because he's a college football national champion, he's a Super Bowl champion, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading tackler, and a man who beat COVID not once. What? Not twice. What? Three times he beat COVID, oh, maybe whoo. more, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah. What's up, dude? What's up? I don't know if they're actually competing for us. It's not a guaranteed spot in the yeah. playoffs if yeah, they win. Come on. Yeah. Well, the Big Ten What champion? if you lose the Big Ten? What well, if you lose? Well, listen, if you lose the Big Ten, then you don't deserve to be in the fucking college football playoff, and also, yeah. you don't deserve to win the game this weekend. If Michigan or Ohio State were to get a win this weekend and then lose to Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game, you're right. Both teams fucking get out of there. Put four SEC teams in there if that's what you're going to have to do with how Iowa has played. But nonetheless, massive, massive game this weekend in Ohio, AJ. You starting to get nervous? You starting to get the jitters? That team up north, Michigan, traveling to town, maybe to steal all the joy and the hopes and the dreams of all the kids around Columbus and all the Ohio State faithful? How are you feeling about the game just about four days in advance of it? I feel pretty good. I take my daughter to school in the mornings, and I see the signs leading up to school have red X's over the M. Oh! You know it's you know it's Michigan week here. It's great. Huh. Uh, what do you feel about the team, though? Honestly, I saw C.J. Stroud was leading the band the other day. Had a little had his own. He's going to win the Heisman, right? Is he going to win the Heisman? So it's him, Caleb Williams, and Blake Corum's up there as well. I think he has the third best odds. But Blake Corum got his knee banged up last mm. week. How much will he be playing going forward? Hopefully a lot because he's an absolute stud. Obviously, Ohio State fans aren't hoping that. Max Duggan was plus six thousand yesterday to win the Heisman. TCU remains undefeated, and they get into the college football play. Playoff, he's going to get a lot of conversation depending upon what the outcome is of this particular weekend's game because Caleb Williams with USC, they can make it in college football playoffs as well, which was a pick I gave out on college game day. If they lose to Notre Dame, they're not. And Caleb's probably not winning the no Heisman if he's not being represented. So, I mean, it's wide open right now. CJ certainly on pace to win it, and I think a loss keeps him still in it because Ohio State still might get in to the college football playoff if they're to lose because of how you know the team has been and everything like that. But he could win it. He could definitely win it. He should win it, and I think he has to win this weekend and do so. Yeah, if he wins and plays well, I would imagine he has a good chance to win the Heisman this week, right? If he, if he looks good against Michigan, the biggest game, of the weekend, yeah, he should be okay. Yeah, not just the biggest game of the weekend. This is the, you know, I mean, Georgia-Tennessee yeah. was huge. I was one mm-hmm. versus one in the college football playoff in the AP. Tennessee would go on to lose uh, a game. So that game not as big as it maybe was billed at the beginning because what happened since then. This is like, hey, birth in the playoff. Yeah. Like, that is a big deal. Have to win another game. I guess that's just assumed. Sorry. Nah, hey, listen, it's not going to be easy. They know it. 
What was Ohio Both State? Know it. What was Ohio State? Iowa. Score? Uh, well, if you remember correctly, Iowa got up to a ten nothing yep. lead, and then uh, Ohio State scored about fifty six on the answer. <laughs> but but see, that was CJ Stroud's worst game. It this was, year. and they won fifty six ten. So there is. You know, a lot of conversation. Yeah, what was the score last year? It's a trap game, man. That's a Big Ten championship trap game. You don't want to be a part of that. No, and Ryan Day and Harbaugh and whoever has their team in there will be giving a motivational speech about how, although this game will be relatively easy to the game that we just played and the games that are ahead for us need to handle business early here or when everything that we ever wanted is not going to be available for us. The college football landscape, though, is bananas. Are you going to the game? Yes, I will be there. Okay, sweet. Am I going to see you? I don't know. Do you? What do you do during the game? Don't you leave? I normally leave. I think I want to watch like the kickoff of it though, because it's right afterwards, right? Are we going in together? You want to go? Do you walk in there? Uh, I love. I believe me. I set it up months ago. I got uh, pregame field passes for me and all my kids. We've never taken everybody there. Okay, six. So I think we're going. I think ah, I don't, I'm not. I'm I, just I, there for pregame. I'm not there. I can't stay down there for the game. I'm just down there for for pregame. How many do you have? You have your whole family with you? Yeah, so I don't know it's if I'm able to get 14 in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, six total. Yeah, it's six. Procreate yeah, be, every yeah. month and a half. I mean, jeez. <laughs> you get a nest, they can nestle in there. Yeah, I guess. All right, what so we're going to see it noon. Yeah, it's oh, always there. Yeah. Can't wait. Normally, no. Hey, it's a big fucking game. Yeah. This is a big yeah. game in a Big Ten. Now, obviously, Penn State hasn't been in one of these in a long time, and maybe <laughs> they will at some point. No offense to Penn State. Yeah, no. But why do you do you hold the Ohio State Michigan rivalry in big regard because you come from a Big 10 school or do you try to try to diminish it as much as No, possible? no. I'm a, I think it's arguably between that one and what Duke North Carolina, probably yeah. the two biggest in rivalries basketball, in yeah. basketball, right? Probably the two biggest rivalries in college sports. I mean, it's awesome. I lo- I look I forward know. to that game every year. Penn State Ohio State rivalry or no? It used to be cuz Big 33 happened, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. But it's not, it's not to the extent of that game. I mean, that game's special. AJ. What? What's the score of that game? You guys winning this game or what? Oh, yeah. I, I, I plan on winning that. Yeah. Why not? thousand percent. What's the final score, though? You think it's close? You think it's going to be close? Is this game normally close? You know more than me about this type of thing. Is this game normally because of the, the atmosphere, the hype built around it, the amount of – Hey, we're, I think game day is going to do an incredible piece about the history of this rivalry. Let's go. Because yeah. I don't want to act like I'm a stooge, but I am a stooge. And I was like, I understand that Ohio State Michigan's a big fucking deal. And it's like, you know, there's a lot on the line. But when did this whole thing kind of start? Long time ago. Yeah, they'll, they'll do a great job. And you, you shouldn't know. Like, I don't understand or claim to know much about other rivalries that are going on, like in the South and different things. I know the rivalry games, but I don't know any, like, details of why it's a rivalry, what makes it that, like, but, yeah, when you get into the history of the Ohio State-Michigan game, like there's a ton of stuff that has happened over the years. Woody Hayes, Bo Schembeck, where they just they made it a giant thing and everyone just ran with it. Well, I think they should. And then 2006 obviously had the game of the century, mm-hmm. three-point game. That was a big-time deal. Were you playing in that game? No, that was my rookie year. My, but my freshman year, yeah, we won at home against Michigan, like 14-9 to to go to the national championship. And that was crazy. Like Everyone stormed the field, all of that. Always last game of the year? Yeah, last game at noon usually, but I think they did it later a few times. Or they wanted to do it later. It was, no, it was always, I feel like it was always on ABC at noon. Not this year, obviously, but. Yeah. That's wild to me. Just that it, every, it's almost like the schedules are set up too, like. Oh, yeah. 
you know? Yeah. That's going to change when USC and UCLA come oh, to town. Right. You know, when Matt Rule goes to Nebraska, you know, mm-hmm. and when <laughs> Penn State hires A.Q. Shipley to, well, yeah. to be the recruiting coordinator, Ooh. you know, that's going to all change. The future of the Big Ten is going to look very different, isn't it, A.Q.? Especially with James Franklin and the boys in Happy Valley. This game isn't always going to be for the college football playoff, no, because Penn State's going to be in that conversation real soon, right? Tell them. Ten and two, man. Ten and two every year. Oh, come on, it's good. It's not unbelievable. Bad. That's a great. That's a lot of wins. Yeah, yeah. ten hey, wins. It's not Ohio State, but, and but Michigan. the two losses are Ohio State and Michigan every year, and it's it's. You might as well just chalk it up. Stop Why does that happen? You guys just quit, roll over. Fuck, are you want to do it no, for I the rivalry it, game for the good of television for the last week is. of the season? They've they've just been the better teams. I mean, they they can't they haven't been able to compete with them. All right, let's move back to the NFL. Can't wait for this weekend. Can't wait to see Ohio State show up this weekend in Columbus. What's the weather? It's going to be miserable, I assume? No, I think it's going to like the highest 50. It might rain a Whoa. little bit possibly, but it's not going to be freezing. I know that. That is great news, especially coming out of Montana. Yeah, right? yeah. Coldest show in history. Mm-hmm. I would like to know any other show that just does three hours straight, basically in single digits, wind chill negative, sitting there. Just the entire time. No heaters. Are Limited heaters. heaters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to hear about that. You know, because the fans, they're obviously all much, much tougher than us. But being able to stand, I think, is better in the cold because yeah, you can move a little bit. Hammered. I almost wish we all just stood behind the desk. Yeah, and a bit intoxicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the Montanans. They were awesome out there. But just sitting there, you know. My toes. The worst. My oh. toes. If it's hot or cold. If it is blazing hot or cold. It sucks just sitting there in bleachers or sitting there on a desk. Shout out to everybody that got through that over there. Shout out to the Montanimals that made it a great atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody on that stage that made the possible feasible and everybody that battled through that. Desmond Howard led that thing off with, I live in Miami, so yeah. this yeah. is cold, cold. And it was like watching Des take his fingers out of the gloves, oh. you know, into the fin- Like, that's uh-huh. classic cold as shit. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. When you are close to being done with being cold, you go into the fist, into glove. I'm going to make this glove a mitten real quick to yep. see if this helps because the glove itself isn't working at all. It was quite a scene. Excited to get to Ohio State. Zito just told me on a Doppler, Donardo would have said, there is a chance of rain showers, I guess, in the middle of the show. That'll be fantastic. Can't wait to get out there and battle the elements. It should be a blast. Speaking of battling the elements with rain, last night in Mexico, the San Francisco 49ers, the team that you picked, minus nine and a half last night to continue your incredible weekend of picking games. Nine, four, and one this week. Week 11, A.J. Hawk. Can't wait to see the boost that you put together for next Sunday. We appreciate you uh, doing that for all of us. Make sure it's a fucking winner, pal. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need one. For the good of the team, we need one. On I like Sunday. big odds, though. I like big odds. It's got to be worth something. Okay, sweet. Yeah, do that. Let's <laughs> hey, get a win. Just get a win. No, whatever you want to do, just get a win. Uh, last night, what did you see from that Niners team? And what did you see from that Cardinals team that tells you how the rest of their seasons are going to go, A.J. Hawk? Well, it looks like they're going different directions at the moment. I don't know what the future is with Kyler Murray. Is he supposed to be back next week? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I have no idea. Right. He, we didn't know he was going to miss fine. this game. Remember? We just yeah. found out yesterday he was going to miss this yeah. game uh, leading into it. But, yeah, it does feel as if the Cardinals are a little bit broken. Or are they broken because they're playing the fucking Niners? That's a question that we should ask because the Niners looked unbelievable, AJ. They did. The Niners looked like we expect the Niners to look. Like the way they looked last night, everyone can like, envision them making a run, I feel like. Jimmy G is super efficient. I like his quick release, man. I know people try to – they knock Jimmy for whatever. I have no idea why, but that four touchdowns gets the ball to Christian McCaffrey a good amount of times. Like I like this team. I like their defense. D'Amico Ryan's D coordinator is awesome as well. So 
This is uh, this is what the Niners do, though. Don't they kind of round into form usually late in the year when try to make a run? That's what the great teams do, and it seems mm-hmm. like the Niners have been that. That's why the trade of all the first-round picks for Trey Lance, get rid of Jimmy G, was such a big thing. Then the disaster of not being able to trade him with his shoulder surgery, him practicing not on not with the team but away from the team. And I think my next question is going to lead to whenever we see plays like this. Debo, they were able to get the ball to so many other weapons last night. Ayuk had a touchdown. Debo had a touchdown. Kittle had a couple of yeah. touchdowns. Elijah was getting the rock. Christian McCaffrey. Jeffrey was getting the ball. It's like they have a plethora of weapons. <laughs> yeah. And somehow Shanahan's going to have to keep them all happy with the ball. I don't know how you do that. George Kittle getting back into the action on the offense side of the ball, catching the ball is huge for them. To go to AJ's point about rounding out and becoming the best team they could possibly be at this time, Kittle also had two of the best spikes of not only of the season, but maybe in football. I mean, his first spike last night hit so flat. And if you ever watch somebody who's trying to spike a ball, you're trying to hit that thing flat off the ground. So then it shoots all the way up in the sky. In that thin altitude, or in that high altitude with that thin air, Mm -hmm. he hit that thing as square as you could possibly hit. It appears as if it went as high as the fucking upright there. Mm -hmm. Need to talk a little bit more about the spike and the celebration out of Kittle. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, this is the first one. Boom. Oh, they love him. All still day. going. Yeah, yeah. That ball is still going. And obviously, he had the uh, Penta Meda Zero, I think is his uh, yeah, Luchador. He's yeah. uh, he's an AEW, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luchador gave him a mask before the game. And obviously, he's beloved down there. And I think he loves it down there. Two touchdowns in Mexico is huge for him. But how does Shanahan continue to feed the weapons? And if he doesn't, do you think that'll be drama down the road with having too many options on the offense side of the ball and only one? Football debut. No, nah, usually it is, but that was something you you heard a lot um, coming out of locker rooms too, and in the media. Like these guys, they just want to win. They don't care who gets the stats, who's getting the ball. They just want to win. And uh, you got see. And the thing about it, they're all talented, but you don't know where Christian McCaffrey's going to line up. You don't know where Debo's going to line up. Juice, one of the most athletic fullbacks in the league. Like these guys can move all around. They do so much misdirection pre and post snap. It's tough to defend this team. Man. Uh, is is this the team? You know that in the past couple years have just devastated Packers fans because they just beat the shit. Is this the year that the Niners finally go in the NFC tie, you think, or what? Yeah, I mean, I said yesterday that I thought that, you know, like when the Cowboys played their perfect game, like they might be the best team in the Mm -hmm. NFC. It's the Niners. It's the Niners. Who who is in the NFC right now best odds? I assume the Niners are up there. The Cowboys are up there. The Eagles are up there. Vikings. Did the Vikings just fall completely out of it because the egg that was laid against the Dallas Cowboys? Here's odds of winning the Super Bowl. Bills are plus 400. Now, what does that elbow look like for Josh Allen going forward? They play against the Browns in Detroit. They win. He has great throws. Browns look good. They're still odds on favorite. Kansas City Chiefs plus 470. I know plus 470 isn't that great odds uh, for a futures bet like Super Bowl, but if you watch them play and see what Patrick and Travis Kelsey are doing, plus 470, not bad odds to look at that Kansas City Chiefs team right now. Eagles Eagles at plus 5. I agree. I I think we're close to that. I think We'll see what happens with the Bills this weekend. I mean, see what Josh Allen looks like this weekend. I think all eyes are on whether or not how Josh is going to play going forward. Tough matchup. Eagles at plus 550. Niners at plus 700. They're right next to each other. Then the Cowboys at plus 1,000. So Eagles, Niners, Cowboys on the NFC side have the top three odds to win the Super Bowl. AJ, what are your thoughts on that? You think that's right? Yeah, I mean, I guess right now. But, like, would you put the Dolphins at the same as the Vikings if you're thinking of who has a chance to win the Super Bowl? I guess just because the Dolphins have a tough Which one would you put above? Yeah, because I think Connor – 
I think better team. I like the Dolphins team, but a tougher road to get there, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. like Connor immediately would have assumed that the Dolphins would be above the Vikings, yeah. not only because of what they showed against the Dallas Cowboys, but because the Dolphins have a lot of weapons, which we're going to start looking at the top of these charts. seems like weapons is a good thing to have in the NFL, especially this year, and the Dolphins have a shit ton of them. I like that Niners team, though, yeah. especially after that. And there might be recency bias, and I guess we could say that about the Cowboys as well if we really wanted to go off recency bias for what they did to the Vikings. That Niners team just seems like they have the shit to them too and i like i like i like that feel that they have yeah the niners and the cowboys kind of are so similar because their defenses are so good like they both get four-man pressure they both have you know a stud on the d-line with parsons and then with bosa and sam fran the crazy thing really is that mccaffrey has only played a few games like they finally used him last night where he wasn't he was yeah and he's awesome too yeah but then they line mccaffrey up in the slot and then they got debo Ayuk, and kittle and then they have Elijah Mitchell in the backfield. It's like they could legitimately have five different people score two plus touchdowns every single game. It's insane. I think they also just they travel. Like we saw it last yeah. year. Like it, 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 I mean, yeah, they're in California. It, it did not fucking matter at all that they were going to play Green Bay. Like their defense mm-hmm. is so good, they can just pound the ball down your throat. And then you know if 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 they're only throwing ten passes or twelve passes, like. There's a chance that Jimmy G's going to throw fucking four touchdowns in those 12 passes AQ, with how explosive they are. AQ, anything to add to the Niners tug session we're running right here? <laughs> Come on, you know. You want me to chime in on this? Yeah, do you oh, want yeah, to let chime me, in let me on chime in on this? Tug okay. session uh, that is happening for the Niners, but it's real. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. so good. And they're going all in, which I like. Dr. York, AJ, I don't know if you saw that. Dr. York. Yeah. Uh, he got the game ball from Shanahan, and then you heard – you start thinking – yeah, smart by Shanahan. <laughs> Very smart. He just got above 500, I guess, as a total because mm-hmm. the years that Jimmy G was hurt, they lost a lot of games, and we don't talk about it. That is something nobody talks about, and we shouldn't because whenever they have their team together, they're very good. Whenever Jimmy G's not in, they were very bad. That's why they drafted Trey Lance, but now Jimmy G's seemingly back and healthy. They are dominant again. His record as a head coach is over 500 for the first time in his career, actually. So, wow. So that is something that we never really recognize or understand. McDaniel leaves. We thought maybe Shanahan was dead because the big brain, the big yell brain goes down to Miami, and he's able to do what he's able to do. Shanahan has it figured out. They had to trade for Christian McCaffrey. They had to pay a bunch of people. I like what this Niners team has done, both off the field and on the field. Would you like to? Do you have a, any solid takes about why the Niners will go or why they won't? You think? No, I love it. And there was one particular formation that they did last night where I was like, "Oh, okay, I see where this is going." Right. So they had McCaffrey lined up in the backfield. They motioned Debo into the backfield, and then from there they get set. Then they motion McCaffrey into the slot, and they hit him with like a little angle route, but. The possibilities are completely endless with that amount of weapons. It doesn't matter who it is. They're all interchangeable. They can all play multiple positions slot. And so the thing that I talk about over and over again is with their formations, being able to all look the same and never know what the fuck coming out of it. Oh, TCU. That, exactly. Texas that TCU. That is what yeah, you're getting from this team. AQ gave me that. Um, I asked him, I'm like, hey, we're going to cover these Texas and TCU pretty heavily. Can you give a little look see at what you think these teams look good uh, look good at? And I get this note from him on Friday as I'm studying. He's like, "Fucking full three scroller," and I'm like, "Hey, I can't read that." Hey, I can't read that. So I call him, and he starts breaking it down. He's like, "Look at that. They they look the exact same. They're doing something different. Very." You can even say this, very Shanahan-like. You can even say this on the show. I didn't, I didn't get to say it, but it was like just kind of part of my study part of the whole conversation because everybody's going to have a take on that table, and we don't know what everybody else is saying, so I'm just trying to like get as much information as possible. Why does everybody do that? 
Why is that not just like common? Because it takes I a lot think, of work. Does it takes it? a lot of work. With all that pre that pre snap shifts, motions, everything. Haven't you heard Aaron talk about it before on the show? Like he was he and he tells Lafleur, hey, can we have one or two plays without any pre snap motion? Like it takes a lot, man. You got to practice that over and over and over again. And that takes away from other stuff. Well, and I guess everybody's got to be on the same page at all times. That's that's why we were so impressed with uh, Seattle Seahawks operation. Yeah, because they got a lot of motion, and Geno is somehow yeah. like. He, he would have this much room in between two motions, and he's getting through there without tripping anybody up. Because if you trip somebody up, that could be a disaster. And nobody thinks about that. That's a little tiny thing. That's like yeah. if you see somebody trip over something, it's like, oh, what an amateur move. It's like, how does that not happen more often? I'm wondering. Yeah. With two people sprinting behind somebody at exact speed, and you're trying to get an exact timing. I don't know. If you, you're saying that takes work. Like all of that is muscle memory and reps and everything, and you only have a certain many, uh, amount of plays in a day? Yeah, and some coaches and some schemes don't really rely heavily on that. Some people have – it's all like, hey, what are, you, what are your beliefs? What's like your foundational tools of your playbook? Well, and if those plays don't work, right? Like you can practice a play yeah. a bunch, but then if it goes for you know a two-yard or a one-yard gain, you can't come, up, come out in the same formation expect them to react really hard to that play and then you know dump it behind them. What does Vrabel do? Vrabel says this is what we're doing, fucking <laughs> stop it or not. Does that happen? Or do, do a lot of teams do – how many teams are doing like actual disguising on the offensive side, do you think? How many, how many teams can you not predict what play is coming from a high IQ defensive player you're, like you are? Is there a lot of teams you can predict or is most of it just kind of whittling I mean, down? you know you, – you can predict a lot of it but a lot of the a lot of the teams are running the same plays but you're just window dressing it pre-snap differently so that's all they're doing shifting and, mo- and when they do those shifts in motion that's fucking up the defense side of the ball because remember we were talking about a couple weeks ago with the post huddle communication the down right down left so if i'm a down safety and they're doing this it happened last uh last night a couple times actually and we got to rotate back and they go back like that formation uh shift that aq was talking about like, that's tough as hell on the defensive side of the ball. So I, I can tell you a number of the, the teams that are shifting in motion a bunch, but the teams that do it well, and ha- you got to have the players too. Like Miami, they have the players. San Fran, they have the players. You can shift the motion all you want. If you don't have dogs back there to do it, it doesn't matter. Let's go in the trenches real quick because we're talking about window dressing, and I think this is a perfect one, AQ. And I, I don't think you need to uh, – I think this is a perfect way to do it in the trenches, by the way, if you're just going to sit here. Let's fucking, you have your stick. Look, this play, he showed it to me earlier, and I don't think I saw it live during the game. How the hell, if you're a defense, are you supposed to stop this? And AJ, chime in whenever you can. This is what's going to happen. There's going to be somebody that comes in this way, this guy's going to go this way, and then this guy's going to pull this way, and then the ball's going to go this way. Okay? And this fucking guy, and, uh, 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 AQ, tell me if I'm wrong. This guy is going to get, he's going to come in there and the guy who's going to pull is just going to block him naturally. He's going to do his own thing. That's exactly right. This is the window dressing. Why doesn't everybody do this type of shit? Is it hard to get it, this done? It's or? hard. And just to piggyback off what they were saying, again, Watch it takes thing. a ton of reps. But if you're on the road, it takes even more because now you have no communication. You can't hear shit. But yeah, you saw the jet motion. You get Gabe Davis going back against the grain with a tackle pulling after the ball is snapped. That's the craziest shit. You get crisscross, basically, where the ball is snapped. You get a crisscross between the tackle and a receiver going back. What the fuck? Linebackers have to be in a blender here. AJ, what do you do here, pal? I mean, look at – so 44 right here. He is the tackle coming directly at him. He should – he's most likely – does he have to get outside that gap? And 28 is supposed to take Mm -hmm. that B gap right here, and he's supposed to jump outside this lineman and also, you know, head and hands at the same time, like, yeah, you're you're screwed, man. It so that they create chaos like pre-snap and for these defenses to where you got to play kind of like indecisive and you're not sure where to fit. 
You talking yeah. about this guy, D-Bug? Yeah, that guy, no, that, the, the 38. So when that fly motion comes, if you're a flat defender, you're, you're also typically the edge on the run defense. So once he flashes, like, that's going to yeah. widen me. Like, I got to go with him. So regardless of where 44 goes, 28 is going to have somewhere. Uh, I mean, this play. Josh Allen can pull Wild. this too with the athletic quarterback. Like, it's just tough, man. And oh, like, yeah, because he can either pull it and go that yeah. way or fucking if yeah. he wants to. Yeah. I mean, how are you supposed to stop this? And look at this. This with the receiver going back. So if you go back a little bit here, the center has to get skinny and get play side. Play side's over here on 28. If you don't get that back to hold him back to this gap, he's doing a D line. He's going to go there, and he can't get this block. He probably makes the play with center's all. doing a D line swim around to get skinny. Boom, and now he gets leverage. And so, because that worked, now off of this, Josh Allen can pull it and just throw it to that guy in the yep. flat. He can, yeah. yeah. No, because center downfield, right? If, if it's quick, yard, yeah, right? He get right there. If, he, yards, if the ball yeah. got rid of it, he'd be fine. They won't call it. <laughs> but they might call it the tackle. Why doesn't everybody do Hey, Hey, Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Somebody text Jeff Saturday. Let's do this one. Is, is, is this the type of play, though? It's unbelievable. That more people will do in the I copycat mean, league? This is so much eye candy. You don't see this much. I've seen San Fran do it a couple times where they crisscross post-snap. Typically, you get this pre-snap and then someone going back. But then when you have the tackle going back across the grain of the guy going back to the side of where the jet motion's going... It just puts your eyes in a blender, in an absolute blender. Jesus Christ! Just your gaps, your gaps change like with pullers and that that like jet motion behind the the center. Depending, like your rules get all messed up because a lot of times you have to fall back a gap if you have a puller. You have someone mm-hmm. behind the center that's like a jet motion. So yeah, like we said, like we're trying to figure it out right here. These guys are in real time trying to figure <laughs> out how to stop it with 15 seconds in between each play, and you're probably dinged up and you're tired, too. This is why I wouldn't be a former player that'd be a good head coach, because I would see that, and then I'd say, we're doing that. We're doing (laughs) that. That's what they do. That's that's what teams do. That'll that'll show up by somebody else this week. You watch. At a beautiful place known as In the Trenches with A.Q. Shipley. A.Q., where are we going? Let's go. Let's go. We are going to Mexico City. Okay. Oh, Stadio Azteca. Yep, we're going to start there. You all right? Yeah, I'm all good now. Hey, check it out. We got a gadget. Creative gadget. So, we saw this earlier in the year. We saw the New York Jets. We saw Dwayne Brown. Well, guess what? We're going to replace him this week with the best of all time, Trent Williams. Best left tackle of all time? He's got to be in the conversation. We also get Brendan here. We also get tipping? yeah he yeah that's a great point four four tipping that's a pass stance I think really I think it's a pass nope don't know don't fucking care <laughs> this guy <laughs> is gonna get out in space along with Jake Brendel I think we saw this he gets downfield we're gonna fake the counter we're gonna pull the guard we're gonna get these guys down blocking he's gonna do the little whirly bird but the play that sets us up this is usually run out of a bunch he's gonna get a little wider than a bunch. And wait do you see the patience, because he knows he has to block Isaiah Simmons going back across his face. But the key to this, I showed D-Butt this earlier, is the effort mm-hmm. on Simmons. He is what makes this thing go. Trent Williams out in space, and Jake Brendel gets a monster block on Buda Baker down in space. Check the whirly bird by the tight end. Fake it. Fuck it. Let's go. Bye. Here we go. Ooh, There's the whirly bird. Trent Williams out in space. Let's kick him out. Check the effort by Ayuk. This is a linebacker, a 245-pound linebacker. Stick and stay. 
Stick and stay. Boom, get him past. Check out Brendel. Boom! Down the field. That's tough sledding right there. Wow. How good is that? Cardinals did attempt to tackle on this play, kind of. Yeah, it looks like they attempted on this play, not later against Kittle. That was 35 yards down the field. Where, this, where the uh, center was tackling or blocking Buda Baker. 35 yards, big dude. Three what? 305. Freak. 35 yards down the field. But the key is, and this is blocked to perfection because he's got the flat kicked out. He's got the alley and just run the alley, look anything inside out, and then you get Debo out in space, which Yeah, anytime, go from the top, Pat. Look at, this, look at this backer on the right. I think he's a backer on the right side. 51. Watch him take off. He has to feel that Tyler Croft, that tight end, run the little whirly bird, but he didn't see him come back. Oh. See ya. Out of there. You don't have to block guys like that when that happens. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Jeez. Now, if he did read it, 64 probably, Jake mm-hmm. Brendel would have picked him up, and then Buddha has a chance to make this play downfield. So you end up So gaining. if he goes down and then comes back, yep. oh, Cuzzy probably takes him, and then Buddha's free. So because of that, now you gain an extra hat front side. This is how you get the big explosives. That's so hard. That's so That's hard to stop, man. Yeah. I mean, Jeez. McGlinchey's also. I mean, look toss. at McGlinchey. You got it here. Yeah, McGlinchey's the right tackle. Look at him getting all the way back across the field and getting a – even if it's just a piece like that, it helps down the field on the explosives. Jeez Dogs. Hey, Debo hitting that energizes gear. the whole team yeah, though. Big time. That gets the mm-hmm. whole team absolutely juiced, especially when you have guys downfield blocking guys to the ground at the five yard line. Like that, the whole team loves this. Hey, Q, I don't want to say that an offensive lineman wouldn't give max effort all the time because an offensive lineman will always have to give a max effort or they'll get embarrassed. I do believe though that whenever you're a team that says, "Hey, we're going to run the ball," you get max effort from all these fucking guys. Almost extra effort, right? Yes, it almost becomes extra effort the way that these guys embrace it. They want to run the ball. They know that if it goes, they're going to continue to run the ball. So, hey, how we continue to run the ball, we got to keep getting plus fives, and that's what they get. What were you going to say, Darius? No, just if you run it back a little bit, it was like four Cardinals in the same gap, but this is, this is, this yeah. is tough. Yeah, because they're thinking this is counter yeah. all the way. As soon as that guard pulls, as soon as he starts, it's counter. I mean, you run, you this run, team you runs run counter. More. Probably 51 jumps four. in there, too. But, oh boy, <laughs> that's not. That's tough. That's tough. But Simmons, the only the only chance they got on this play is Simmons just whooping Ayuk's ass in space, either trying to throw him into that play. But this is, I mean, that's a brilliant play uh, yeah. design there, right? That's the type of thing that just like the Bills play we saw before the break, it's that's going to be tough to stop. Yeah. yeah, tough to stop. That's a tough play to stop, right, tough AJ? Yeah, before you, like, you're probably. Like they're probably 15 yards down the field before some guys know where the ball is. Like there's so much action going on back there. Uh, this is Philadelphia oh, yeah. Eagles. Fucking blue. This is unbelievable. <laughs> yep. All right, so perfect. The guy that ate Fox. There's a couple things that I think made this play. So this is the game winner, right? This is the game winner, Jalen Hurts, up the middle, that you could have driven a Mack truck through, right? A big gaping hole. There it is. So check it out. Here's the first key. First key, we detach the tight end. We widen him. This tight end aligns here. He's a little tighter. He's probably somewhere in the box here. Now with him detached and him running a route, he has to split the difference, widen out, and when he runs the route, he has to work that way. That's the first key. The other key, most people run this. They would call this a draw scoop. Again, we talk about scoop in the run game. Same thing. Center and guard would be working to him. You always want to point the linebacker. 
opposite of the tight end because the tight end has him. That's his responsibility. Other side, the offensive line would work to him. That's the point. But most people, when they do it, they would work a draw scoop, and it shows run immediately. The thing that I love about what they do, they get Kelsey back off the ball, so it shows pass right now by him setting back. Let's also not forget, this is third and goal from the eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they a, need a touchdown to win. Got to have it. So yeah. they're playing pass. They think goal. this is pass, right? They set him back. It shows pass by seeing the center go there, and then they're going to loop him around to him. It's unbelievable. 35 to running back. Scott ends up just being the clean, the cleanup guy up the middle. But by Kelsey setting back there. Now, mind you, also, we get the jump set here. As soon as he comes down on the jump set 2-I, what's he going to do? He's going to work back across his face. Watch. Widens the hole again. Look at that thing. Oh, jeez. Oh. Hash to hash. Big. Gaping. Oh. I mean, can you get any bigger? Than, that might be the biggest one we've seen all year, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a real shame it's against the Colts, man. They're <laughs> all in. God damn, that's a bummer. That's a play. I mean, that is, is that the, that has to be the, of all time. The is that the biggest hole ever? Of holes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> is that? I mean, you tell me, dude. That might be the biggest hole I've ever seen. So what is it? It's oh, 53 yeah. and a third wide, the field. Yeah. So it's 26, 6, 5. 26.15. How wide are the hashes? I don't know. That's a good question. Oh, that's, a great, that's a great question. Hash great half. Question. I mean, that's got to be at least 10 yards. I mean, 15. Yeah. Yeah, 15. I mean, that is a huge. I mean, that is huge. That's like the biggest said, hole of all time. That's game winner. Yeah. Game winner. Yeah. Game on the line. Hash so marks are 18 and a half feet apart. 18 and a half feet. So that's six. Six. Six yards and change. That's from there to there. Then you got to add. Why would they ever do it in feet? Who cares about the feet? <laughs> well, who knows? Yeah, we don't. Why is it fifty-three and a th- well? It's fifty-three and a third, which would be an extra foot yards, though. That's yards. Like, who's doing? Why are we doing know, it in feet ever? But we probably say it's fifty-three and a third. I would assume they originally measured it in feet, though, because it would, why would they have oh. it be fifty-three yards and one foot? It's right. probably a certain amount of what is that? One hundred and fifty-nine, one hundred sixty feet. feet. Yep. So yeah. it's one hundred sixty feet across. That's that's probably how they. Okay. It's probably how they did it if we had all a right, okay. So is We're this... not happy about it, though. No, no me, I'm not. Yeah, we're sense. not at all. 53 and a third. Why do we got to adjust? We fucking play the game. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah. 30 feet? Is that what it originally was? Or was it fucking 10 yards for a first down? What's the deal? What are you going here? Why is this going? Anyways, that's a big fucking hole. Yeah, mm-hmm. Is this the Colts defense just reading their keys and the Eagles basically playing off? Scanning? Like, hey, they're going to they're gonna go where we tell them to, and then it'll just be wide open in the middle. Watch what are these four. guys doing, too? Pass that, Pass right? Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying, D-Buck? Saying, if you watch 4-4, four, four, like, as soon as he sees that, and once again, what's his third and goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got, he's got to be inside 89, so as soon they as he had sees this. that O-line pass it, he's looking at his mm-hmm. pass responsibility. I mean, but you got to – I mean, it's Jalen Hurts, too, though. So. Yeah, look at how big that fucking – Yeah. I mean, he's – is that a cell mm-hmm. or is that just his standard – yeah, what a yeah, game. good point. Oh. Yeah. Is that like a uh, definitely? And I'm pretty sure uh, they do have a pass out of this. I guarantee it. Yeah, there's you, a pass because if he goes there, said, Orlovsky said, "Yeah, he Orlovsky's right." Yeah, to this yeah. play where that it's a throw right, throw left, and then if it was a PRO, remember pass run option, mm-hmm. oh. a pro, which every play with a mobile quarterback potentially is. But surprise, the line's not cutting. AQ wow. stealing from Orlovsky? Oh, oh, man. No. No. Are saying, no. Surprised the line Rangers. just doesn't cut here. AQ Orlovsky. AQ. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 
AQ, a question for you as a, as a coach. If those, if they, for some reason, lined up their backers in like a double-A mug pressure that a lot of people don't like to face, what do you, do you think they check out of it? Obviously, probably so if, if, if right I'm coach, if I'm, if I'm coaching that, exactly. I'm the quarterback. They line up double-A. So he would be here, backer there, backer there. Okay, easy, easy. Come in. Bring the yeah. tight end in. Put the tight end then on him. Down, 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 down. And you still can get the playoff. I think draw is still a phenomenal play versus the double A gap blitz. Yeah. I mean, jeez, Louise. They what had is them. That? They had them. <laughs> they got yeah. them. What is I mean, they there's nobody them. there that you would think maybe could hopefully time it up and get there on time. There's yeah. nobody. Yeah, you, no. yeah, you got Awesome. Even on the pass, you got to have runs, rush lane integrity on the quarterback. Like this. That's good so, scheme that we're saying, right? Awesome. Good play. Good awesome. Play. Yeah. Here's another one. Hey, this one. Again, nothing really fancy to this. This is the duo play, right? So basically, we're two for two here. It's a gap play. We're two for two here to 54. What do we call that? Tackle and guard. That's a deuce. What do we call here? We got a scoop to Jordan Hicks on the backside. Left tackle, block man. But check it out. This is what I love about this. This is what makes this play go. It's real easy to block everything on paper, right? Mm -hmm. When nobody's moving, hey, it's real easy. But when you get... Him slanting and then working behind, him working here, Jordan Hicks working out here. How are these three guys going to pass this off and still get the big gaming hole off the backside? Which I love the backside A cut in this duo play. doesn't get talked about nearly enough. But look at that pass off. They all switched responsibilities on the run. And then Pollard hits this thing 100 miles an hour. you got to love the juice he brings every week, right? Yeah. yeah He's downhill yeah. and hits it. Because pre-snap, one – Right? Yep. Two? Yep. Three? Yep. So then it runs. He becomes... He goes on. here. This guard picks him up. He'll go around to the center. Tackle ends up picking the linebacker. They all exchange responsibilities. Every single one of them end up on different people than who they were supposed to pre-snap. How big will it be to get uh, Tyron Smith back for them at left tackle? It doesn't seem like it's... I mean, yeah, this guy's playing at a high level. Okay. This like is the type of doing. shit that they would be missing out on, right, with that type of veteran t- because mm-hmm. of the ability to pass off and have the exactly. confidence and they're, to and so. they're able to do it. Again, that goes down to coaching. That goes down yeah. to getting the looks in practice all week. Hey, how are we going to handle it? Again, we know how it's supposed to block when everybody's standing still. What are we going to do whenever they run a twist and scrape the wheel back over the top? They That's said that, he, uh, I think it was Jerry Jones mentioned, like, oh, he should be fine just sliding down to left guard. Do you think it will be like that, or do you think... Could? I mean, is it, you know, that's obviously much easier said than done, but, like, is there any thought that maybe they're just going to leave him out there or no because Tyron Smith's Yeah, so I, think, I think now you just know you have a quality backup swing. I mean, and this is a guy that can win mm-hmm. you games when you put him in as a starter. Hey, that's good football right there. Good sound Great football. football. Pass the things mm-hmm. off, make the things happen. Let's go to the next one. Love this also. He brings a lot of juice. Pacheco's been doing a great job. This is a team that, mind you, a couple weeks ago, three runs maybe in the game. They had fucking, like, 11 yards rushing. So when they need to run it, they proved they can win it. First thing to notice, we're going to get the deuce block. This deuce block between Brown and Thune, unbelievable. We get the back block. We're not even going to block him because you also still have a little bit of a threat of Mahomes running it. Not as much, but he has to respect it. Over here, this is what's awesome. They're going to run this play. We call it tag. We call it counter trade. Whatever you want to call it where the guard and the tackle pull strong. But you typically don't run it to a tight end and a wing. Why is that? Because you really you, you run out of people. But what they do, which is awesome, Kelsey arcs. He ends up taking the last guy. He's going to arc to this guy. We're going to leave him and him, Khalil Mack, and here for the poolers, and we get the tight end down through to 49. Let's watch this thing. This thing is awesome. Really good scheme. 
Boom. Uh -huh. <laughs> There's the kick out. See you later. Get enough, of, you get enough on Cleo Mack. Get the second puller. And look at that. Ooh. You get a big hole. Good player. That's a good player. Look at that cut. But this is what's <laughs> awesome. You end up handling that support who would normally be the corner. He'd be left free. He'd be the free guy. But you mm -hmm. end up handling him with the arc release with Kelsey. Does a good job just getting on. Kelsey can't block, they say, right? Does a great job oh. here. Let's oh. That is interesting. That is a conversation right now about Kelsey not being able to block as good as Gronk. So although Kelsey will catch Gronk and pass Gronk in all the stats and he'll go down as statistically the greatest of all time, statistically, you're saying he's not scared to put his body in the way as no. well. No, and, and then you can always scheme things, right? You got him on a corner. Who cares? That's a great block. Keeps, keeps him wide, and then you get Pacheco up the middle. This is awesome. Brown. Awesome stuff. down. Jeez. How about that deuce, huh? Yeah. Unbelievable deuce. Him and Tunley. I mean, they take him and just bury. Look at this thing. Who's that, Colin? Deuce is the guard and tackle, right? Yep. Guard tackle. They handle this dude and then normally go up or this yeah, one so, goes up. So check this out. Because of this extra tight end front side, we can put the tight end there. They deuce forever. Really, if you're really playing the way this is supposed to be done, their deuce is technically supposed to go all the way to him. Jeez. So they can stay on this fucking deuce block forever. Forever. <laughs> God damn. Oh, you're picking up the backside safety. Yeah, and that's literally what their O-line coach is saying. Hey, fuck him. Don't even worry about him. <laughs> <laughs> Just take him for a ride. Checko makes a miss anyway. Exactly. Hey, that, that was that high step I'm talking about where he's so explosive. He's going through tackles, high-stepping, and then on the other side, yeah. they're able to put the foot back in the ground. He's a guy. All right, here we go. Back to this Chiefs game. There's one big bump this week. This might be the biggest we one go. all year. All oh, year. Oh. And I've been saying that every week because we've been seeing some good ones recently, right? Damn right. Yeah. We saw Cleveland from the Vikings Wide. a couple weeks ago. Check out Trey Smith. This guy went in the sixth round because he had some medical history coming out of college, out of Tennessee. He was the best guard, I thought, in the draft. Guy plays like a dog. Check it out. Just wait. What now causes? he's putting medical history in other people's hands. That's right. So, boom. Oh, oh we're going we're gonna to check this first. We're going to check this. Okay, cool. Here we go. Big bump check. Big bump check. Big bump. Big bump. Here we go. Okay, we're going to work inside. Let's be a good guard. Let's help my center for a second. Now, let's get our eyes back outside. Boom. Oh! Holy shit, AJ. Oh. Did you see this, AJ? Hey, oh. First class ticket to Big Bomb that City. That's yeah, 100% that legal. Nah, it seems illegal. Hey, is that what, what, like? what, 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 what do they say in basketball? Right? But they they tell the point guards not to, not to come in the paint, right? And though they tell the point guards don't uh -huh. come in the paint? Never hey, coroners. Sorry, D-Bot. <laughs> hey, coroners. Stay out of the trenches. Stay out of the trenches. <laughs> Boom. Oh. Oh. There's oh. big bodies in there. There's people with bad intentions in there. Oh, yes. And that's right where Mahomes stepped up. I think that's also lost in this conversation. That guy played that's another right where he stepped up. He cleans it up, and boom, we're able to Still get the throw. Holy shit. Thank you. Sorry about a pal who just got body. That's going to happen in football. And joining us now, live, from the great state of Wisconsin. Man who's the reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the NFL, going back to back in the last two years, owner and founder of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, which has made the world much smarter and a better place, Aaron Rodgers. What's yeah. up, man? How you doing, you got, pal? You got the whole the whole crew's in there, huh? <laughs> we got Darius is in there. Deep. 
packed house, man. It is. It's packed out because, you know, we got a shorter week this week because Thanksgiving's on the horizon. And, you know, when you're playing in the league, you don't get to enjoy Thanksgiving as much as everybody else. Uh, now that I'm retired and all the boys are retired, we're going to enjoy the hell out of this week. What do you got this week? What do you got cooking? Are we just all ball till Sunday? Is that all we're doing? Are we thinking about Thanksgiving at all, Aaron Rodgers? Oh, we love Thanksgiving. Definitely one of my favorite celebrated holidays uh so yeah i mean i'm not sure what the schedule is uh, finalized but you know the nfl very rarely you get uh, holidays off so I'm, I'm guessing we're probably working maybe a little earlier day and i'm not hosting this year so i got uh, a lot of freedom man it's great oh, good for you i hope you enjoy the hell out of your holiday go ahead aj yeah why aren't you hosting this year you didn't want to <laughs> what happened i what happened we got we're after COVID, COVID. and everything. Now's the year. COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Are you just looking out? Are you just looking out for everybody? They're everybody be vaxxed if they come to the house. Yeah, I got steamrolled. I think uh, there's there's never really been too many competing uh, parties. Oh no! But this year the Crosbys, you know those kickers, they rose up and said, "Not this year. Nice. This year is ours." And so. I was assuming, you know, the Bakhtiaris and the Cobbs would kind of uh, triple host this thing at my house, uh, you know, gladly, like I've done in the past. But the Crosbys kind of jumped in there and bogarted all of our guest lists. Oh, wow. no. So it's at the Crosbys this year. All right. Well, I'm sure you're excited. I'm not the host. That's great. That means I can uh, – French or Irish exit, depending on what you uh, what you prefer, whenever I want. Well, I am a rather Irish person, and I wouldn't mind just leaving without saying goodbye to people. So I think it's a compliment uh, for both parties there. I think you're going to enjoy it more when you don't have to host. You don't have to worry about any of the bullshit. I'm excited to see what the Crosby's put together. They're going to be it's going to be a good gathering, right? I assume this is going to be a solid Thanksgiving gathering for the Green Bay Packers. Good spread. We're expecting a good spread from the Crosby's. It better be. It because I'm going to be in there judging the hell out of all of it. Yeah. The decorations, the food presentation, the food options, the dessert options. Uh, I'm going to try really hard to, to uh, get into my ayahuasca mindset and not judge <laughs> you know, every little thing. But how can you not? I mean, the first and most important thing and most fun thing to judge is the turkey, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's literally, as anybody knows who's cooking turkey, it is the most nerve-wracking thing of all time yeah, to host. get that thing right. Because in general, how many people actually go to Thanksgiving to eat the turkey? Not many, I would say. Most of the time, it's the sides, right? It's Damn. some sort of. I love yeah. the turkey. I'm gonna eat the bre- I'm gonna eat the drumstick, okay? Because I'm a male and uh, I worked hard but for this you turkey. Eat, you eat the turkey dry? Or do you put some gravy on it? Never. I'm dark meat guy on the turkey for sure. The the people that drink, uh, eat the dry meat, whatever that is, I guess white. the white no, no, meat. No, you put the you put the gravy on there though. Uh, no, come on, cuz. I don't need to play those games. Gravy's for the mashed potatoes because mashed potatoes have terrible taste and they need a good flavor. Whoa. So you put gravy on mashed potatoes. Personally, that's what I do. And give me the juicy meat as opposed to the <coughs> meat. I don't know what the deal. I don't, know, I don't know how anybody does it. But you're right. Cooking it is a lot of pressure because you got, you got what I just said happening. Yeah. You got literally what I just said happening. You cooked the turkey in the past? And how long do you think the Crosby's have been banking on hosting it and you just keep doing it every year and they're like, this motherfucker, like we're going to get this at some point. We would like to do this. Has this been something brewing for a while, you think? It might have been, yeah. I mean, they were, they were sometimes uh, attendees, always invited, always invited. And, you know, they weren't 100% uh, uh, oh, no. RSVPers, you know. So that maybe that was 
part of it, maybe you know, maybe I should do the same to them. Say, yeah, I'm coming. I texted Mason earlier. I'm coming, and then maybe no show. Whoa. Whoa. Packers don't need that right now, okay? Need to have a good Thanksgiving. <laughs> Let's talk about that, though. Big game Sunday Night Football, Philadelphia Eagles. What are you, Everything still in front of you. Mathematically, can still can control your destiny. What do you think you take away from last Thursday? Maybe some time away from the facility. A second kind of mini bye week is what people call Thursday night football. What is your mindset, and what did you learn this past weekend while watching the other games, if you did as such? I didn't watch anything this weekend. Sweet. Uh, so I can't tell you about that. I mean, I looked at the scores, but I didn't watch any of the games. Uh, I was following what Philly was doing in, in Indy. Indy game a good run at them down 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, so, I mean, the last couple of games uh, – Obviously, they won the first eight and, and looked real dominant. And then uh, Washington put up a good fight uh, to give them their first loss. And then obviously, Indy gave them a good fight um, uh, as well. So, you know, it's the NFL. Anybody, anybody can beat anybody any week. And there's always uh, upsets uh, that the experts are picking other teams and end up uh, not winning. So, you know, I don't think we go in thinking we got no chance. Uh, I think we go in with uh, confidence and the urgency necessary for a team that's in our position that knows we got to string some wins together, get back in this thing. Um, you know, it's primetime Sunday Night Football. We've always uh, put some pretty good performances uh, forward on those. And uh, we're going to be expecting the same when we go to Philly. Hell yeah. Go ahead, what do you think of Darius Slay out there at corner? The guy is playing at a very high level. I'm sure you've seen him. you played against him, obviously, many times. What does he do, you think, that kind of separates him? He seems to be very, very smart and read route combinations. He seems to see what's coming. Well, there's never been a drop-off with him. You know, we've played him a number of times over the years. There's never been any year you feel great about, oh, I'm going to go after 23. That just doesn't happen. I mean, he's one of the elite corners in the league. And um, When you're playing defense that has good pass rush and you can have vision to the football the entire time, you're going to necessarily, more times than not, you're going to have uh, opportunities in the football. Uh, and then when you combine that with excellent ball skills that Darius, that Darius has, um, you're going to, you know, probably fall into some picks. And, and then, uh, you know, when you have the ability to read routes like he does and get in and out of his break, you know, you're going to be obviously around the football a lot more. So I think it's, you know, in, in Detroit for a long time without, you know, maybe the consistency over the years of that pass rush and also playing in Detroit where, you know, they didn't uh, win a lot of games. He might not have got the recognition that he deserved. Uh, I mean, I think people that know football uh, always considered him an elite corner. But now being on a really good football team, Obviously, that go, what goes with that is the recognition that's often due for some of these guys who have been elite players for a long time, but maybe not gotten the attention that they probably deserve. And let's stay on that defensive side of the ball. Signings of last week, Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue both made an impact against the Indianapolis Colts. Joseph is one of the biggest fucking humans I've ever seen in my life. Whenever he lined up in the Jersey 74, I'm like, who is that? What? What? What is that? Who is that? And then, then Sue came in later. They're like, signed on Thursday, playing on Sunday. Not just playing, by the way. We're talking about really doing it. We know you have a solid history, is how we'll call it, with Indomitian and Sue. How much have you looked into their defense? How much have you looked into the preparation of Sunday? Does that start on, like, Friday? Or are you going a normal week here? How much do you know about the D, and what are your thoughts on it, other than just Slay, who is an incredible playmaker? I know plenty about the D, and obviously watched the film. Um, they didn't just sign those two guys. They went out and got Robert Quinn before the deadline as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lead pass from Chicago. Um, and then, you know, Fletch has been there forever and still is a, you know, great defender off the edge. But adding, you know, some size in the middle like that, definitely not going to hurt. Played against Linville 
number of times over the years when he was in Minnesota. He's a space eater, man. He's, he's just swallows up double teams and probably a linebacker's best friend, you know, when you got a guy that wide who can also move. I mean, he's he has the uh, agility. It reminds me of uh, Pat Williams back in the day for guys that know who that is, you know, just such a huge body who could also, you know, very difficult to cut off when he's backside shade and just such a, uh, you know, mountain of a man. He's just going to demand, you you know, if you run at him, you got to double team him and then he can swallow up those blocks a lot of times. So solid player. Obviously, Sue's been a, a great player for a long time in the league and him and I have our own stuff. And uh, I think a lot of that's water on the bridge. But uh, of course, it, it goes to show with when you bring in veteran players who are pros, pros, they're going to be ready to play. So you sign a guy on a Thursday, play him on Sunday. That, that seems like such an amazing deal. Not really. If you're a pros pro and and if those guys have been, you know, hoping to get signed throughout the season, obviously they're working out. Obviously they're ready to go. And, and you know, I think in a system like that, there's probably uh, some plug and play that can happen. You know, it's D-line. There's, you know, there's obviously techniques and different pressures and things that you want to bring. But probably for veteran guys like that, stepping in, it was not, uh, not that big of a deal. Yeah, it, it appeared – Everything you're saying is right. They looked very comfortable very quickly in that particular game against a good offensive line in the Indianapolis Colts. Allegedly, they looked dominant. I can't wait to see you try to play against that defense because obviously the way you play football is fantastic. Is your thumb a problem? Is this a problem? Because you, you listen. Hey, Aaron. Hey. Hey. You hear me? Aaron. You hear me? Yeah. Okay, I've watched you play football a long time, dude. All right. The thing that I absolutely love about it is you have this natural ability, it seems like, to put a football wherever the fuck you want it. Like, literally, I could put this football wherever I want this ball to go. It is why people have talked about you being the greatest football talent in the history of football because the way you throw a football. Then after the game, I hear you say, for the first time ever, threw a couple wobblers, threw a couple misses. That ain't you. That ain't Aaron. Since, I assume since the day you were born. I saw you throw a Bud Light 70 yards to a guy on a fucking jet ski. Wow. Boom, pinpoint accuracy. What The wobblers and maybe throwing off a little bit, was it a mental thing? Is your thumb really messed up? And is it just a night that you've never had before so maybe i'm overreacting and how do you think you bounce back after that whole thing well there was some wind as well i mean i wasn't talking necessarily about the throws i mean you know if you don't throw a perfect spiral in the green bay wind you know there's going to be a couple wobblers so um you know the expectation of a perfect spiral is kind of I mean, what i've been known for and what i expect and if, if there's anything less than that then you know obviously there was something uh, that uh, that contributed to that. I, you know, my thumb is, is what it is. You know, it's been it's been an issue since the Giants, but not an issue that I'm going to rely on for an excuse or need. I mean, after the Cowboys game, I put basically every ball exactly where I wanted to, and there wasn't any questions about how my thumb was. I miss, you know, missed two throws. I probably hit, you know, 99 out of 100, and, and people are wondering what's going on. It's, nothing's changed week to week. It wasn't like it got better one week and then got worse the other week. You know, it goes through things each week. It gets hit various plays and and uh i mean even the dallas game I, when i fumbled i got hit right on the thumb you know and that, and, that, and that bothered me but still was able to make some throws i got hit you know a few times in the game and you know just just depends on, on uh, a lot of other factors but it's not an excuse i'm not going to use it as an excuse it is what it is i suit up every week and expect to play well they're saying it was broken or something like that are you going to end up using a glove will you ever end up having to go to a glove or, yeah. or is that something yeah. you would never ever do <laughs> no i'm not a glove guy well, you know, are you a broken thumb quarterback guy too? Have you ever had to do this before? Mm. Has this been something you've ever had to do before? 
I mean, I've broken other fingers in the past. I played a you know a season, a stretch in college with my index finger, my throwing hand broken. I broke my pinky on, on both hands at various times. Uh, cracked you know wrist, uh, non-throwing. You know, it's which makes certain things painful, getting snaps or whatever. But you know, if I still feel I can go out there and throw it the way I want to throw it, then obviously I'm gonna keep playing. Okay. All right, so I, I, I overreacted. That's good news. That's Good great enough. to hear. That's great good to enough. know. Ty, your question for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, Pat mentioned how you know you guys still have everything in front of you, and I think a lot of us thought after the Cowboys win that was kind of the galvanizing thing that was going to push everyone forward. And then Tennessee, it is what it is, but you have an, obviously another good opportunity with how good the Eagles are on Sunday. And I know it's a different team and different situation and everything, but do you see any similarities with this team to the 2010 team? where you guys won the Super Bowl and you kind of, you know, you had to win in week 17 to, to get into the playoffs? Or do you not think of things in that way? I mean, I wouldn't say the 2010 team. That, that kind of, that's got such a special place in my heart and that kind of always stays kind of in its own lane. The The way that the team came together that year, it was just something that we, you know, in, in 18 years you have maybe two or three times. Um and that was a really, really special group of guys and added some veterans at various points like a Howard Green and a Matt Wilhelm that, you know, played some big roles for us, uh, Matt on teams. And Howard, you know, had one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl, hitting Ben's arm on a pick six to Nick Collins. And, but more than that, they were glue guys, you know, guys that came in and, and kept everything together and brought guys uh, together in, in a special way. And that's why we were able to make that run. This team reminds me more of the – if, if you're going to make comparisons, it's more of the 16 team that was, you know, inconsistent the first 10 weeks, played a lot of up and down football, and then things kind of came together uh, in Philly on a Monday night, and we started a run uh, and won, you know, eight in a row and got to the NFC Championship, and and people remember that. They don't remember kind of the struggles that we had getting blown out by Tennessee uh, Tennessee that year, losing the you know at four and five, we played in the Sunday night game against uh, Washington and got uh, you know got the offense rolling, but we got beat by a couple scores and, and then came back in Philly and, and kind of put it all together uh, for a night and then that kind of set us on our way. Then we had a, a snow game at home and beat Houston and then we had a game against our rivals, the Seahawks, and got out to a fast lead and, and blew them out and then we had three division games to finish the season and and, uh, and obviously ran the table there so. Um, yeah, that would be more, I think, of the of the comparison at this point. Um, have you thought at all about what life looks like without football? Is that something that creeps in whenever you're not having as much success as maybe you've had in the past? Because every, the conversation on the internet about you is, when's he going to? How long is he going to keep playing for? Is he going to stop? Is he going to remain invested? Because to be honest, we haven't had this type of struggle out of you or teams that you're on for some time so I think it's a valid question is that something you even let creep into your mind or is that that can't happen in the middle of a season for you well look I mean I'm a human of course you think about life after football and it's not you know it's not a like a you turn it on at some points and turn it off I mean I think you always um you know when you have interests outside of the game there's always things that uh, that come up that you spend time doing you know in some of your free time that uh that you're going to do more when you're done playing. So of course, of course, there's that thought. But when you're when you're in it and you're creatures of habit, obviously the focus is on the season. The focus is on the preparation, and that doesn't change. But it doesn't also change that you can't have interest outside of the game that that uh, you take your mind to from time to time. And, and I look forward to those things. But 
Um, those those are not the front of my mind. Those are those are near the back. But uh, but to sit here and say, oh no, it's all ball all the time and blah 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 bullshit. Like, I mean, I don't know. That's not the way I am. Like like there's there's life after football, and there's life outside of football, even during the season. That I think it's important to, to keep that balance. And yeah, you're gung ho. You're all in. You're you know all about finding ways to to tweak little things to improve and to and to be more efficient. But you're also a person. You have a life and and. and uh, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome run. I mean, I'm I'm really proud of uh, what I've accomplished. I don't, you know, I'm not like looking forward to the end. And, and you know, life after football is going to be a tough transition. That's for every player that finishes up. And I don't know when that's going to be. You know, I don't know if it's going to be after the season or after three more seasons or whatnot. But um, there'll be decisions that we'll have uh, later down the road. Right now, it's you know, it's about this week, about this show, and about uh, Sunday night football and Crosby family Thanksgiving. But I, that was a great answer, and I, <laughs> I appreciate you giving it to us. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, would you be, say after football, would you be more likely to become an NFL coach or work in the media, say, like sign a 10-year, $500 million deal with a, a network like Tom Brady? To call games, yeah. Is there another option? Politics. Nope. Uh, yeah, politics. You'd be great at that. Hippie. Just be a hippie down there. Uh, GM. Shaman. 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 There it is. That's the word I was looking for, Shaman. Yeah, maybe a Sherpa. Uh, that's the ayahuasca folks? No, they're like a Sherpa. Like you uh, help, uh, you're like the guides for uh, for mountain climbers. Like, you no, know, they do all the work. They do all the work for the mountain climbers. Oh, they do all the work. Well, they set it up. You still got to climb. I, I mean, yeah. I've heard... I've heard terrible stories. Now, the Sherpas are dogs because they're doing a lot of different work, but I believe the climbers are as well. I don't know if that's something for me. Do you see in the future you staying in the football world or venturing out? Definitely not coaching, I can tell you that. I mean, I have no interest in being at the facility all day and guarding my desk. I'd like to. <laughs> we had a full convo about this, about the Jeff Saturday hiring. Literally start to show 45 minutes we did because AQ, he wasn't coached for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a year or whatever. After 12 years in the NFL, setting his family up, having a family in his mid-30s, he goes back to coaching and it was just, hey, need you to drop cards, go ahead and grab this coffee. Need you to fix the fucking printer. Need you to do all this. He's an adult who has a very successful NFL career under his belt and he's doing all that and it's like nobody wants to get into coaching because of it so the jeff saturday hiring could i think change the way that whole goes for former players if some former players want to get back into it but nonetheless that's how all of us feel i think aaron all of us fucking can't do that no way yeah and kudos to aq because uh you know it sounds like he went in and 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 did what most coaches do and start at the bottom you know doing the doing the tough work he paid nothing I, for it too yeah, yeah baby uh, aq I don't know that this is the the you know future standard having uh, somebody who's kind of out of football even as a consultant step in and be a head coach. I'm not sure if there's going to be more and more people in that role, but that does has zero interest for me. I mean, management side would be the only thing that would slightly um, peak an in interest, but it's a very tiny, tiny interest. Darius, your question for Aaron Rodgers. Hey, man, a young kid, Christian Watson. Obviously, he, he's turned it up these last couple weeks. You got Randall Cobb back out there, you know, some silver lining from uh, last week. Where you at with the uh, receiver room going forward? Well, I love having Randall back. Obviously, he changes what we can do. And, you know, it's unfortunate we had to put him on IR. Uh, yep. But uh, he stepped right in and let us in receiving. Um, 
I'm not surprised. There might be some people who are surprised, but I see how hard he works. And he just has an innate feel for the game, uh, being able to understand when to get open, what the timing is. And he makes plays every time he's out there. I mean, it just uh, there's a precision with everything that he does. And you just you can't put a value on that, yeah. you know, like a, a specific dollar value or leadership value or just that innate football IQ and then the precision and the basis of the foundation of precision is details. And that's what we've been lacking at times, never with 18. You know, just never been an issue for him. He just, everything is is planned. Uh, and then he leaves room for reactions and catches the ball well with his hands, obviously. And he always finds a way to get open on time. So I love having him back. With Christian, you know, it's been, been really fun. Um, and it is crazy in this business and, you know, DB, you played a long time, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Sometimes, it just, and maybe for yourself too, it just takes one play. And one play just changes your whole mindset and direction of your career. It could be young career. It could be older career. Yep. It could be in the middle. But for him, I feel like the over-the-shoulder touchdown catch that he had changed, like, just took this huge anxiety monkey gorilla off of his back. And after that happened and in the backflip, He's been a different player. He really has. And it's not just in the games where you've seen, obviously, you know, he had two touchdowns and, and again, uh, you know, making big plays for us. But in practice, I mean, I feel like there's been tweaks, tiny tweaks in the in the practice habits. I would venture to say, honestly, I think a lot of it's subconscious. I don't think, you know, even that it's all like a conscious thing where he's like, okay, now I made a play. Now I'm going to practice a little bit different. Now I'm going to do this a little bit different. I just think it it's literally this anxiety uh, gorilla that was on his back got taken off, and now he's just able to kind of take a deep breath and and be be a lot freer. Um, now there's still things that he's going to learn, uh, releases and 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 uh, route running stuff that, uh, that that he'll continue to get better at. But the confidence piece and catching the ball uh, that's been what did you really, say? Really what did you say about him? You said, well, I haven't seen a lot of guys that look like him run around a field for Green Bay or something like that. At the beginning of the season, whenever you, when I asked you about him or we asked you about him, you are like, you don't see a lot of humans like him around there. What do you think his, you know, his ceiling is? you think he can go on to be, especially now with this reborn uh, swagger and confidence that he's found, do you think? Well, you know, Pat, I don't really want to get into that. I feel like that's, okay. that, that's been some of the anxiety that, that led to Got it. some of the struggles is, you know, we – wanted to um, anoint, you know, both him and Romeo, who had nice, you know, training camps and preseasons, especially Rome's because Christian was hurt for a lot of it. We wanted to kind of anoint them already, these, like, rookies who are going to be, you know, whatever the prognostication was. I don't want to do that to him. You know, I really don't. I think the anxiety he's dealt with already is a lot for any player. And the fact that he's gotten into Silas and had two nice games and five touchdowns in two weeks – you know, I just want to let him be be a young kid. I want to let him enjoy uh, this, you know, kind of entry into uh, feeling the, the stardom that goes along with playing well yeah. and not start to say, oh, you know, this is his ceiling now. You know, now because then we – oh, then we got to expect him to be what? Uh, you know, we got to expect him to be Julio Jones now as a, as a young player, expect him to be Calvin Johnson. No, let's just let him be him. And and let him enjoy this uh, this run that he's he's put together the last two weeks, and and let him come along at uh, whatever pace is uh, 
is right for his story. Okay, sweet. Well, he could be great, though. We're saying, yeah, he guy could be fucking. <laughs> guy could be fucking great, though. Let's. I like that. I like to hear that. That sounds like that's the case. AQ, your question for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Aaron. I always study the hell out of the run game, and I have most of the time over your career. And I always thought you guys were one of the better sub-run game, if not best sub-run game teams in the league over your time. I saw a sequence at the beginning of the third quarter. You had both backs in the backfield, and you kind of had like a whole little sequence of package plays where you faked one, ran the toss out of it, another one you handed off, another one you run the play action. I feel like that's a big key to moving forward, having both those backs on the field. Is that something you have a big uh, hand in, or is that, you know, Coach, Coach LaFleur? Well, Stenovich, actually, the, uh, the uh, offense coordinator for us, uh, who was line coach uh, for a few years before getting elevated, uh, does allow the run game, I believe. Um, and I love the little intricacies that we've we've kind of put into it. I thought last week we had a couple really cool things. You know, we've been so, doing so much uh, motion out of that the back one of the backs to the two receiver side, and then running in inside or outside zone with some sort of run, uh, you know, RPO. And then this last week we started off and ran Dylan behind and then flipped it same side to Jones, which I thought was a really nice adjustment for us. And we also ran a little pseudo option, even though they didn't really give me the, uh, the green light to, you know, kind of pull that and get down the field before a pitch. But I thought that was a good wrinkle as well. Um, but I, I like the wrinkles we've done in, in our 21 personnel with both those backs in the field. And, you know, we got to get our best guys in the field. And they consistently show up as being playmakers for us. 33, obviously, is a, is a crazy difference maker. We can take it to the house every run. And 28 has been very consistent for us as well. So, you know, we just uh, – we're going to always have wrinkles like that. I'm not sure how much uh, this week, but there's always stuff in the plan. Whether or not we get to it is another story. If you were able to get to a offense coordinator position in which you didn't have to guard your desk and you could just show up on Sunday, how much of the run game would you have involved in your game plan? Well, I know the run game inside and out. I mean, that's how I was trained. Uh, was was front first. Yeah, all don't you our, read the D line first, right? That's what, you read the D line first. That's your first read, right? Yeah, yeah. Front first. When we were at our best in the run game, uh, Mike simplified it, and we went to a lot of uh, Alex Van Pelt, uh, Buff, old Buffalo Bills K gun offense stuff, where it was strictly based on technique. So we had, had certain runs to a six technique, certain runs to a nine technique, strong side, certain runs to a, a, a shade uh, or a three technique and, and specific runs for jam fronts. And it was all predicated, all the uh, adjustments on that front, which was great for me because that's how West Coast quarterbacks were trained is front back. You know, the front tells you the possibilities of, of the pressures and the possibilities of the coverages. And, and so, I, you know, I, I know the run game and I know all the calls of the run so I can help out if they need me to make uh, an adjustment like that. Uh, it hasn't kind of been the way in this offense. This offense is very kind of turn your brain off quarterback and, and just like kind of Kunu teaching, uh, teaching surfing lessons, like do less sometimes. <laughs> but for me, I just can't play that way. So I've always wanted to know, like, give me all the calls. What's the single call, the double call, the triple call, the backside, uh, you know, doubles, the backside B blocks, all those different things. I want to know all the calls so I can – in a jam, get those guys making sure they're going to the right guy and do some of the cheater steps in the system. So run game for me has always been – I really enjoy it because it's uh, it's about angles and 
I was pretty good in geometry. Oh, yeah. Hey, sounds like you're pretty good at the football as well, the way you broke that down. And I saw AQ over there going 6 to midnight listening to you <laughs> yeah. describe the K-gun back there in Buffalo or whatever. It's a fascinating thing because this year in the NFL, the run game is actually up across the board as opposed to the pass game. Even the rules are changing for the pass game to be better. It'd be better. It seems like the teams that run the ball the best right now are the teams that are going to end up making it with the way the offense is going in 2022. It's been sophisticated. Well, I mean, I'm- I mean, look, I, I'm, I did kind of say that, though, right? Because this game goes in circles, right? And the yes. defense, the defense will uh, will definitely lead in in the direction that offenses will react, right? So when the defense goes to more quarter quarter half coverage, shell coverage, it's two shell. You got to run the football. So I'm not surprised at all. And and that's the way the league has gone. As the Rams obviously had much success uh, running those defenses that are predicated on. Uh, umbrella in the back end and and stopping the run and the and getting to the quarterback with four up front and not bringing a lot of pressure uh, makes teams have to run the football then you're also seeing some dynamic offenses obviously with uh with the uh, quarterback runs like the team we're playing this week uh, get involved and obviously what chicago's doing down there with fields and you know no brainer with lamar in, in baltimore for so long uh that's you know gonna that's going to be the next jump for the offense, and the defense will have to adjust. And you'll probably see more one-high coverages, uh, you know, in the next, uh, you know, no, three, four, five years. Wait until you see Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts do the sneak. I, I got to watch it live a lot this week against the Colts because we're on the field down there. Jason Kelsey looks like he's hovering above the ground somehow, and it's never a doubt. Like in Jalen, obviously he squats like six hundred and whatever. What it is, it seems they could do that. I think every single play, and it was <laughs> yep. unbelievable watching it against us. It was like holy hell. How do they go about doing that? Jalen is awesome. I'm excited for the game to continue to evolve and grow. The cyclical nature of everything, it appears, is going to catch up to football soon with the offense side of the ball. Connor has the last question for you, then we're going to go to the book club. Can't wait to see what you're going to tell us to read this week. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Aaron, on Watson's first touchdown, you kind of caught Tennessee trying to get guys off the field, and it was a 12-man on the field penalty when you threw the touchdown. Then later on in the game, you know, one of the guys on the defense might have faked an injury, and Vrabel came out, and you guys had a little interaction. What was was that about and did you guys get to like smoke a cigarette after the game <laughs> together and kind of you know let bygones be bygones uh i didn't uh, get a chance to to have any darts with him after the game Aww. but uh he came out very concerned for his player and i just kind of wanted to hear what the conversation was over there <laughs> i had a couple a couple comments for from Mike, uh, he didn't really say anything back. Um, but uh, hold, on, like no, hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, they're showing two close-up photos here on the back, and we have to hear what was said. Vrabel, obviously, go to the other one, please. Vrabel, obviously, walking out of there. You just asked him a question. He said something to you. Mm-hmm. Then a zoom in on your face after the answer he gives you. You did not believe the answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you did not believe. Whatever Vrabel said there, if we're just going off of body language and photos there, was it a sentence back and forth? Was there any real convo on the field? Or is that just that he blew you off, that's why you gave him the look that he gave you? He kind of blew me off. Wow. Whoa. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't have done the same thing based on what I said to him. Whoa. I was trying to goad him to give me a, a reaction, which he, you know, he, he stayed above it. But uh, – but yeah, I you know said something about him uh, personally, and he didn't want to respond. <laughs> Could you imagine Vrabel 
Thursday Night Football, fucking taking a right hand and punching you right in the oh. face. Just in the Ohio, <laughs> of, the Ohio-ness <laughs> of him couldn't take over. You questioned probably his manhood, if I had to guess here, with the way you're kind of laying out this whole situation. He walks by. What, we got? Oh, my Big God. One. Bowling ball. Four to five here. Yeah. Okay, we got the hat up there. You guys are favored by whatever. He's just Ohio fuck walking by. You say something, and he actually just turns and punches you right in the face. Boom. Imagine that. That would be the greatest moment in the history of sports. Uh-huh. Oh, man. You and Braves, good I, friends, I, right? I agree. I happen to agree. Yeah, I like Mike a lot. We, we, uh, we talk a good amount during the season. Um, I mean, not really about football at all, just about well, often how silly this business is and, and some of the – uh, just things that get attention, but I, I, I like Mike a lot. I've known him for years. Age has been there with some of the conversations at the Derby over the years. He's a really funny guy, and uh, I just like his personality and, and the way he is. And obviously, he's a great coach. He's just uh, he always has his guys ready to play. They fly around on defense and kind of take on his personality. I think. Yeah, he's an incredible coach. We're putting him up in that level of um, when we talk about games or we're trying to make picks. We're like, oh, Belichick's going to do something, though. And we're like, we just assume that Belichick, no matter what the game is set up, Belichick's going to have it figured out. We talk about it with Andy Reid a little bit because of the years and years and years of success that he's had. Now it's starting to get to the point where it's like, Vrabel have the boys figured. Vrabel has one of those things. It's uh, He's awesome to watch. Former player kicking ass in the coaching ranks. Let's continue to do that. Let's continue to have that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the most anticipated moment of the week for all the literacy advocates out there. Because it is something that this show should never be a part of. Making the world smarter and brighter what? and more horizons broadened. Mm-hmm. This show has been what? a part of a ride yeah. that this man started that we are lucky to be a part of. I now own so many books when maybe in the past I owned zero. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the latest installment of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club 2.0. This season was fantastic. It started with the mastery of love. Say, so, hey, listen. Why don't you guys go master love a little bit? Get a doctorate in love. And maybe love yourself a little bit. Then, obviously, George Orwell's 1984. That caused quite a topic of conversation for the time in which it was put out there. The art of contemplation. Why don't we contemplate some stuff in an artful fashion? And then How to Change Your Mind, which is a documentary on Netflix. Then followed by Healing. And then the boy in the mushroom... Yep, in the cross. In the cross, yeah. The boy, the sacred mushroom in the cross <laughs> by John M. Allegro. Uh, and then 7A was Love Wins by Rob Bell. 7B was the beautiful coloring book of Keanu Reeves in which I colored in every belt that he was wearing black because we know Keanu Reeves only wears black belts in every martial art. Hell yeah. The eighth book of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club 2.0 will be... An oldie but a goodie, Into the Wild by John Krakow. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yes! I just came from the brawl of the wild, bro. What? Now we're going into the wild. The, Pat, you can watch the movie on this one. Okay. Yeah, you can watch the movie. movie. The, book is, the book is, I mean, Whoa, I, I used to hate when people would say, oh, the book's way better. Way, way better. Me too. You know? Shut up. But in this case, as good as the movie is, and it's really good, I mean, John is, you know, arguably my favorite author. I talked about his book about Pat Tillman, Where Men Win Glory, back in season one of the book club. Probably my all-time favorite book. Into the Wild um, is a fantastic book about a young kid who goes off into the Alaskan wilderness and and kind of a hippie and uh, ends up having a, a rough ending. But uh, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> really, he's dead. 
like 20 years ago, guys. Let me okay. take oh, enough on. time for a book, dude. That 30. needs to be a 30 to 40 year type situation 30, yeah. for spoilers. Okay, yeah. 40 to 50. Please. Thank you for that. Six. I can't wait to dive Spoiler. in. The book is better than a movie, dude. The movie's pretty AJ. good, though. Who's in the movie's movie? pretty good. Emil better. Hirsch. Oh, Who? Emil yeah. Hirsch. He's great. So good. Yeah. yeah. Eddie Vedder Emil does Hirsch. the soundtrack. Yeah. So good. Emil Hirsch from Girl Next Door fame. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Vince Vaughn's in it a little bit, too. Yeah. Vinny? Vinny? Is this oh, after yeah. Rudy? Is this near Rudy Vince yeah. Vaughn or, or Friday no, Disco that. Nights? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Around the late disco nights one. Yeah. What? When is more when, like breakup Vince Vaughn? When was he in? Ooh. Oh, into the wild recent. Yeah, I think this came out in like 2006, 2007. Maybe. Yeah, oh. really. Yeah. How about it? All right, I can't wait to watch. Read. I can't because the book's better. I'm gonna read the hell out of this one. Aaron, can't wait to you watch. Can read, you can read the book, Pat. It's only uh, it's a quick one. Too many. Yeah, it's quick. It's only like 200 pages. So yeah. the movie has to be better then. If the movie's an hour it. and a half. The movie's a tight the, hour 45. And the book's only 200 pages. How much more detail could the book go? I understand he's great. He's a great author. I understand. That. I'm going to read this one, though. This one I'm going to read. I, Hell yeah. I don't want to. Get the spark notes. Get, get Connor to give you the spark notes. It'll be good. Hey, read the book, though. Don't watch the movie. Don't be fucking cheating <laughs> no, the book no, club, pal. Never. No, it's an unbelievable book. <laughs> All right. Has Avatar got a book? Uh, Avatar's coming yeah, out. Yeah, so oh, yes. It should be. Are we excited? Oh. Are we excited? At, uh about Avatar coming The answer out? is yes. yes. The answer yeah. is yes, Aaron. Did you see the trailer last night? Obviously not. You didn't watch the game. It was a halftime Monday Night Football. They threw to it. And Jacob Sully and the tribe are going underwater. Oh, and they got to learn how to fly new new birds. Boom. Okay. And then inevitably, it's, it appears, and I won't be the bearer of bad news, and I don't think we would do this in real life, although probably. Seems like some asshole Americans come back. Probably. Uh. And then the underwater... Uh, avatars and the bird avatars are going to have to come together to fight against the dumb whites that have come in there. And I can't wait for it. I cannot wait for what James Cameron put together. Are you pumped for it as well? I am I'm very pumped for it. I can't believe we, we've had to wait 15 years for it, but I'm excited. The movie's going to be only four hours long. James Cameron said, you don't like it? Tough is the fucking story. <laughs> okay, watch it in eight different half-hour docuseries. Is that what you need to do? I guess it's a long one. It's going to be deep detail. It's underwater, and I can't wait to see what Sully does with the team. Me too. I can't wait to see what Sully. It's been so many years. They probably have a kid to Avatar now as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like it. I've seen you in the water. You're a big water guy. You're a big water guy. I was, I was, I was confused when I saw you in Tahoe. I hadn't seen this in a while, but you go into the water with your shirt on. No, yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> There's no reason to do that right now. There's no reason to do that. I appreciate you. I froze my dick off, okay, in that lake. We all saw it. Then I go into that hot tub. We all saw it. Interesting way to wake up. Ryan Hawk, host of the Learning from the Leadership podcast, who has 500 episodes smacking the shit out of Tahoe. That's the audio. It wakes me up. Mm -hmm. Then there's conversation happening at the hot tub. Can't get in the hot tub, though, if you don't get into Lake Tahoe. Got to go into Lake Tahoe. So cold. So cold. So cold. And it was beautiful out there. Fantastic morning. And don't put that on me. Okay, don't put that on me. I experienced cold just like everybody else. My nips are out just like everybody else, mm -hmm. Aaron. It's debatable, but let you have your moment. Tahoe was a good time, dude. Yeah. What a fucking weekend that was. That was unbelievable. That was a good time. It was but wild. Maybe, maybe we'll run it back. Let's see. 
Maybe. I think I'll be in Hungary getting tattoos or something. All right. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it Sorry, is time God. for another episode of Everything DB. Yeah. Let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. Let's fly through it, too. Um, so, right here, we've been talking about this a lot uh, this season. Number one, number two, count from the outside in. Now, what's going to happen here is it's going to be a pre-snap motion. It's going to be a play-action pass. Something that Tennessee did a great job of. Ryan Tannehill did a great job throwing the ball on Thursday night. Had the one pick from um, Douglas, I believe. It was just a great play on his behalf. But Tannehill, outside of that throw, had a great night throwing the ball. But this is something pre-snap that you see a lot. Robert Wood's going to motion down to create this stack. And like I said, we count from the outside in one and two. But once we get this stack, and this looks like cover three, so he's the seam flat, seam flat player, so he's responsible to cover the number two receiver down the field. But once Robert Woods motion downs to this stack, it gets a little gray. It gets a little hairy on who is the number two receiver. So run right back real quick. You'll see the signal to um, the outside corner. And this is basically, we used to call this guy. We literally had the same signal. When he comes out, hey, Sky Sky. Typically, when you come down, that means I'm going to have this off-the-ball receiver or whoever becomes number two. But the way Robert Woods especially runs this route, he's going to stay in almost like a choo-choo train. Pause. So now number two is never – you never know who number two is. He never declares himself until he gets into this route. So now both of these guys are looking at the same guy. And I think, you know, in hindsight, they did the right thing. They take the biggest threat, the deepest guy, right, and then let it run. Boom. So once – pause. So now once he breaks out, you got two guys on this guy, nobody on Robert Woods. The play action obviously sucks 51 up a little bit, so he's not getting any depth in that flat. Oh, then Robert suck Woods is going to be wide open. Now, obviously this starts with the play action game to Derrick Henry in the backfield, but what they did pre-snap threw off that whole coverage. Now, it should have been easy to down safety, I believe. We used to have a rule where, hey, if they don't declare one and two, I'll just take the off-the-ball guy and, and make him number two. But this is what happens here. Run it back again. So, boom, what he should do, what should happen here is once Robert Wood becomes this off-the-ball stack guy, that becomes your guy. In the corner, you're deeper. You take the guy that's on the ball, and then we got clean matches here. But that doesn't happen, and that's how you get this wide-open receiver. But this is savvy route running, too, because he knows these coverage rules as well. So great job here by Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, this is an easy throw here. He made some throws and some tighter windows in this game. Yeah. But this is a big play. you got to make it tight. It's happened about 15 times it's during sick. the game, d But, but uh, do these guys fucking practice during the week? Do they watch film? Like, this shit happens every single fucking week. Why? Ty, that's a, that's we keep a, talking about like communication. Like they don't ever communicate. Guys, they're free runners. Guys running wide open. Seriously, Tan- Tannehill, this happened. I'm not. Being... We saw him communicate here, Ty. We saw him give him the sky. Well, what are they talking about? <laughs> they talk about the wrong shit. Then this happened like 15 to 20 times. I would put it on this guy. That was the position that I was in a lot, being uh, a slot corner and nickel yeah, back. He but he's locked in on 16 all along, isn't he? Like, looks yeah, like it, and, and he shouldn't be. What? What? And he gave the signal, so it is confused. I understand, Ty frustration and probably the same frustration that the DB coaches have it because he obviously saw Robert Woods motioning down and if you look at these guys who's the bigger who if you just saw this stack before the ball is ever snapped who would you expect to run the lower route uh, the more shallow route out of these two receivers it'll be Robert Woods you know you got Traylon Burks the speedy rookie receiver he's on the point you expect that guy to be the deeper route runner you expect him to be the lower guy so this is 
is a big, we would call this an ME, basically, on our 2-6. <laughs> these guys, <laughs> what the hell? So I'm communicated, <laughs> but you got to execute it. And, um, I, you know. Is there any thinking, like, when they are stacked like that, and you are, um, like, is there, like, to disrupt, disrupt them? Because they are so close to each Somebody other. Somebody get up on I mean, the only, the only, so if he, if he just ran this route, that same route from out here, then it, maybe it'll be easier for them to know, okay, I got this guy, I got this guy. But since he runs this route and like we used to call it a choo-choo train, mm-hmm. that makes it one. It makes it that does make it tougher. But once again, just treat what about this a jam? guy what like about number jam? two. What about yeah, a jam? Tough. Um, you could, but no. Nah, I mean, it's no really no real reason to at this point. Even though those are like the only two routes in the entire field, there. You know, is there any point to maybe just drop off or do something different? It's it literally running back. It's as simple as him coming back, coming down, <laughs> identifying to like, hey, I got – and he gave the signal. He did everything pre-snap. If they never snapped this ball, I would have said, okay, this is how they're going to match this route. So I don't know why outside of that choo-choo release. But once again, just treat this off guy. This is the same as if, if we did if – if they were in man coverage and they did like an in and out, like a combo coverage. All right, you take the inside guy, I take the outside guy. Once they become vertical, no one declares inside or outside – as the inside defender, we're taught to take the inside guy and treat it like an – or the off-the-ball guy and treat that like the inside breaker. But, I mean, it's not complex, especially going into week 12. Like you said, this is something – this is this is day one type stuff. You see stuff. great tackling after he caught it as well. So. <laughs> Bad tackling. The positive, though, is that if he threw it to Traylon Burks, I mean, they got three guys on him. So yeah, right. There was five guys, actually. I mean, they did, they did her on yeah. the side of taking Tough a deeper throw. receiver. Um, this is uh this is a game winner right here. Overtime, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. Now you'll see the route. The route is beautiful, but I think the play design is great as well because right now, you good pause right here. He's running this this under route right here. What happens a lot, this this route concept is what's the drive route. He goes under, and nine times out of ten, this top receiver will run a dig route right behind him. He's so this is uh go back a little bit. This is the coverage is uh this is a fire zone. So you got five guys, one, two, three, four, five, and it'll be three under three deep, right? One, two, three underneath, one, two, three deep. You you're gonna he's gonna be on uh Devontae Adams, obviously, because he's gonna become the number one receiver once ten dives under. So let it run a little bit. So now ten dives over. Now he becomes the top receiver, right? So now he should be outside leverage on Devontae, and even if he runs that crossing route. You got this overhang player. This is the seam, fat, seam flat player up here. He's playing everything top down, right? So if he comes up, I'll just come up and tackle that. If Devontae runs this crosser, I'll be here to have it. Now, you got to keep this outside leverage. He thinks in his mind, I know this route concept. I know where he's going. Devontae straightens him up, and it's absolutely no. You'll see it from the back copy. I mean, oh. great route. Anybody can make this throw. Devontae, you know, you heard him after the game. Hey, he's young. He's not ready yet, blah, blah, blah. Patrick Sertain felt like he saw something. Once again, drive route. You see, he's been seeing this route since college. Great route design. Great time to have Jesus. this in your back pocket. We saw that hole that you had earlier with mm-hmm. uh, against you know the Eagles. I don't know if we, mm. you've seen a receiver more <laughs> wide open mm. than this wow. all season, like, especially to being Devontae Adams. So like, great route. I mean, that lets you know that he was going to a spot. He's like, hey, I'm outside leverage, but I'm going to jump this route in overtime, make a game-saving, game-winning interception. So great play design. But, I mean, that is. Yeah, so this is supposed to be, all this is supposed to be, bam, 
bang right behind it, and mm-hmm. then that guy's clear out, basically, yep. right? Yep. And that's just how most offenses are. Like, most offenses normally have one half of the field kind of cut off, especially if the quarterback's rolling. Well, a lot of, not, uh, a lot of offense, a lot of pass concepts, they'll have, uh, we used to call it, like, win- window wipers, um, windshield wipers as offense. So you'll have, like, a bunch of your routes will be flowing the same, either that way or this way. So if you got outbreakers here, you got to take off, you got a flat, and then you got a dig coming to the backside because you don't want, you know, I'm looking at the out here and then I go back this side and I throw it out there. You know, that's just, that's tough on the quarterback. So they'll either start their reads from here and go there or they'll start front side. And then once everything covered, that backside receiver will be coming into that window in the zone. But as a defender, we always talk about, AJ always talks about the leverage. You got to keep that outside leverage because any, any help that you may possibly have is, out, is over, over here. And I think he does a good job playing this from top down because if Devontae does run over there, he's in great position. So his eyes right here just go. If you see it from the back copy, his eyes are just in. His eyes aren't even on Devontae. So that becomes man-to-man coverage once he gets vertical. But that's, that's tough right there. Which, uh, oh, I, I yeah, went back to the wrong one. Is it on here? Yeah, it should be. They AD, cut off. But the also. Also, now, though, if they get in the same look and you're playing them in the future, like now Devontae, if he does run it like they like you, you thought, like Sertan thought he was going to run, mm-hmm. he keeps going over. Like now, you're, if you're a corner out there, aren't you a little bit in between now? Like, okay, I saw this. I remember the game winner. I don't get caught here. Yep. You just got to that's, – goddamn, that's, that's, that's tough. Right there. But you got to have good eyes. You got to obviously see and anticipate things. That's the only way you really make plays as a corner is anticipating and jumping things. But at the same time, you got to have good – eye discipline here and this is a concept that they probably ran earlier in this game they for sure ran it earlier in the season but hey he's dropping his nuts at this point say i'm going to make a play and he hey right here he knows i got a right where i want oh Devontae's right so happy right there oh yeah he knows Imagine right Derek now. missed him here oh no he would have been crying posting yeah. yeah oh but Devontae goes yeah. good throw but yeah. good throw good catch great great uh play design and the important thing, too, D-Butt, too, is like no matter what position on the field, is always know where your help is, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, that, like O-line, same thing. Like, hey, listen, if I got guard help, like I know I can underset a little or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's same shit here. Yeah. It, obviously, great young player. So he's thinking, I want to go make a play. I want to go make a play on Devontae This is Adams a scar right that's going to carry you. This is a scar. You learn from this. But right now, I guarantee you his eyes are back here and not on his. Because if he's here, he'll be at a pivot. And maybe he still creates some separation. But he'll have some type of um, chance to catch him in the air, make a play, even grab him, maybe hold him. But with his eyes being back here, that, that like, man, Oof. that's tough. And that's for the gusto. This is a walk-off game winner in overtime. So this is one of those times as an <laughs> offensive coordinator, he probably had this play in his back pocket and saved it for uh, the perfect time. He's so nice Bye-bye. to everybody. Yeah. 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 All right, everybody. All right, this play right here. This is uh, third and 14. This is something, uh, you know, this is a defense that plays a lot of split coverage. So right here, you see Harrison Smith and Pat P talking right now. This is half coverage up here, so cover two up here. And down here is quarters. But if you look at the matchups across the board, you're going to say, all right, I'm good with Pat P just locking him backside on this tight end. And since I have C.D. Lamb potentially lined up on my Mike linebacker, who in quarters, he, if he goes vertical, he's responsible. He's got to run all the way down the field with C.D. Lamb, right? So Harrison Smith is like, I'm going to help my safety out, Pat P. You're good backside. But the other matchup backside is Tony Pollard on this linebacker. So 
Dak sees what's going on. Dak right now, he sees the communication. He's in his, you know, his pre-snap cadence. He sees what's going on. And he knows what this is a this is a, a common adjustment with speed at three and, and split safety coverage because everyone knows, we talk about all the time, one, two, three. That might that linebacker is going to be matched up relating to three a lot of times. So Dak, you'll see the adjustment he made. And it looks like he, I don't even know if this was alert. It looks like he changes the complete play with the amount of communication he has here. So he sees what's going on. All right, boom. You just let it run. It's going to be a lot of. Yeah, hold on. Let me, is he thinking here? Hold on. Let me, uh, what was this? This being, oh, I remember when this happened. Oh, yeah, we got a fucking wheel. Yeah, he, know, he knows that. Boom. He's, so he's alerting that. But that's probably a lot of, a lot of bullshit up top. And he's telling him, hey, clear out. And I want to get this, this ISO on Tony Pollard. Now, Tony Pollard played a lot of receiver in college. And he is a weapon. We saw him on in the trenches running. But this is him. This is third and 14, too. So one, once again, Pat P's locked up here. You got cover two up here. He's gone. See ya. Boom. What a ball. Out of there. 68-yard tug. Good protection. So he knows that the will is matched up on the running back yep. in this particular coverage. Yep. And Tony Pollard is explosive very fast. Absolutely. So he tells old Cuzzy down here, who's this wide receiver down here? Do we know? Is that Schultz? Schultz? This is Dalton Schultz, right? This is the tight end, and that's why, you know, Harrison Smith was like, hey, we're going to lock you backside. I'm going to help my linebacker up here. And C.D. Lamb ends up running like an out and up. And he goes and hauls ass to help his linebacker. But, I mean, it's no – You honestly it, believe that he's telling Dalton here, hey, just clear out. I need you to just clear out. Is yeah. that the type of check that they could potentially go to? Is da- if Dak has that type of control, we think? That's awesome I, I if mean, that's I the case. So. I mean, the only, the only thing, because if I feel like this play was called in the huddle, it would just be alert, alert, and AQ could probably um, talk to this more. But he'll come – they have two plays called in the huddle. He'll just come up and say, hey, alert, alert, let's get to our second play. Maybe they have a, a, a single high concept and a split safety concept, and you get to the split safety concept. But since there was so much communication, and to be able to do this too, you got to get out of the huddle and get set. If you get out of the huddle with you know, 12 seconds left on the play clock, you can't do this. So they got out, got set, and then Dak had time to get into this perfect play call. So he gets uh, Patrick Peterson out of there. Boom, you run your route, you're breaking inside, and now we know you are on an island. <laughs> And that's not where you want to be. Perfect ball, obviously explosive player, but that's good pre-snap. That's good. Uh, that's good quarterback play, right? Hey, that's great quarterback play there, huh? EQ? That's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. And just like DB said, I mean, it's you, you do you have you have one high, two high checks. You have two high, one high checks. Regard, I mean, depending on whether you want to go run to pass, pass to run. You have man beaters versus zone beaters. So, like, there's a million different things that. They give the quarterbacks freedom to do so. That's I mean, a lot is, of talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy keep shit. running that. Let me see Pollard's alignment from what he initially had. You oh, can keep yeah. running it. He got he got much. He got wider here outside the tackle. A uh, little bit, yeah, just a little bit wider. He knows. I mean, Hicks probably knows there's a good chance of it. But third and fourteen, you can say, "Oh, Hicks, why didn't he back up and play the sticks?" Mm-hmm. Well, if you look from the wide view, when Pollard squares him up, there's nobody anywhere around. So if he <laughs> turns around and catches a little out, you got to make an open field tackle on Pollard, and you got to hold. You know. You can't let him get five more yards. Good luck. Like that's this is big brain well. football. For if that, you run it yeah. back to the wide, like everyone on the field right now knows yeah. what this matchup is. Every everyone on the field right now, offensively and defense, knows. Okay, this has got to be the match because now Harrison Smith does do a lot of disguising, so potentially they could be in a, a half down here. But I think they got a pretty good beat on. Hey, they run a lot of split coverage. Sometimes it's, it's quarters up there and it's half here, but they're going up here and. We know where the, this is the bad matchup, right? This is the worst matchup. Kendrick's on C.D. Lamb. That would be the worst matchup, especially on third and 14. If he but, runs that right here, middle of the field, you'd be like, why the hell do you have a linebacker on C.D. Lamb? So I would much rather take my chances on a wheel linebacker 
on Tony Pollard, but I mean, hey. Kendrick's did a hell of a job. Yeah, I was going to say CD. Kendrick's locked in. Perfect down. ball. Yeah, Kendrick, you know, smart player. He's probably seen this. And he knows it's third and 14, so I'm not going to bite on a seven-yard out route. Like, I'll play a high. He was, he was in great, you know, great shape. Now, he could have hit, you know, Noah Brown coming up under after that pivot route. but They're all going out this way, too. I mean, everything's yeah. going out that way. He's he going come, that he, way. He goes out and up. He goes out and back in. But Dak knows where he's going with this ball. As soon as he can, he uses his eyes a little bit to just make sure Harrison Smith respects him. But um, so, like I said, good, great, great. This is great quarterback play from pre-snap to post-snap. And there's literally nothing that fucking guy down there can do. No. He, he was in, I mean, I guess the best position he could yeah. be in. That's a great ball, and that's an explosive uh, wide receiver. Say at Odell, man. That <laughs> Cowboys offense. <laughs> they're going to, right? That's what they're saying. That's what yeah. it feels like. That would be a scary addition. Um, this is a great play out of the post from um, – Jordan Poirier, he got back out there. You know, Poirier plays, the Bills win. But uh, play action. So right now we're going to be in cover three. So we know in cover three, somebody's got to be responsible for number two, carrying them. We're going to get a hard play action fake. This, if this or this guy's responsible for carrying them, both of them bite up on a run fake. This backside they corner. They get sucked up. Yep. Sucked yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> they get sucked man. up on a run fake. They get back, getting sucked this up. This backside corner. Not on the field. <laughs> oh. Oh, we get it, AJ. Mickey Mantle. Oh. Mickey Mantle. Real funny. Hell yeah. yeah Mickey hell yeah. Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> um, you see the eyes back here because this is it. these are his receiving threat, right? And that uh that interception that happened in Green Bay game, this is the play that he made. He made the play. He, he had to run fake, and then Douglas got back and basically picked that right off of it. It came from the other side of the field. But here, everything is perfect. It, it, it worked out exactly how the Browns dialed it up. Pause, run it back real quick because I want to show you where Poirier comes to, from to make this play like look at this I don't know if you have the yard thing but we can see that this is at least 15 yards and he's running away as well so he's going to come from here and make this play on David and Joker which is I mean yeah we saw this live this in, is uh, an incredible play out of the post great play designed by the Browns but just watch this this is why he's one of the Separating from the ball, clean hit, shoulders, no head, all that, you know, all that bullshit. <laughs> Great play. Uh, obviously, you know, bad eyes from that front side, third defender, but uh, great play from the post. It's like 30 yards. It's a Coverage. Lot of yards. It's what you call getting off that hash. Right? Oh. And then you separate him for the ball. No, thank you. Great play he by said. Jordan. Did you hear Poirier. him say that? Sideline yep. juiced up. You watch it from the middle. Poyer's a guy, huh? He's a, he's a, he's a dog. His he, contract's up? He's free agent after this year? Player. Yeah, he's not a pro bowler, Boom. though. Mm. All pro, right? But, All pro, no pro bowl? Yeah. How many picks what this year? Play. Four what five? a play. Yeah, have 12? Doesn't have 12. Shit. Nope. No. Yeah, but that's an that's a, that's a unbelievable play, though. He's that's a bell. That's an alien grown out of his elbow, too. What's that? Bionic arm. you seen his elbow? Oh, yeah. It's fucked up. What is it? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like his bone is just sticking out the backside of his mm-hmm. bicep. Yes. So what do you have? He had a lung, right? Did yeah. he have someone with his lung? With yep. the r- broken ribs mm-hmm. or something? Yeah. That's why yeah. he couldn't because he had to drive. Uh-huh. Now he's got what? Uh, sounds like looks like the he's elbow throwing another though. elbow on top of his yeah. elbow. So is that a bruise or is that an infection? No clue. It's like that. It almost looks like a sack of fluid, like a Seriously. bursitis sack or something. Yeah. Need to get that drained this like is in semi-pro. Derek Carr mm-hmm. crying about it today, man. It's... A lot, of, shit. Hey, a lot of shit. What these guys go through just to practice? Sleep to play. And they uh, won the next week. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. They, they won did. the next week. They, they did. did. The they did. As, as Robert Mathis. AQ, said, your uh, thoughts on Derek Carr? Ain't no pity part. <laughs> as a quarterback? 
Well, his press his conference. Pre- yeah. press conference. Post game last week. Oh, no, he did. Crying and doing that whole thing? Yeah. yeah. It was awesome, right? Doing that whole thing. What? <laughs> hey, what's your problem? Uh, Song and dance? It's not a gimmick, bro. No, what ga- are we- gambling wise, we got to take note, too. Cry games are a thing. So, the next yeah. one. If next your week. starting quarterback is crying on the After podium, a cry, yeah. you yeah. win the next one. Well, the Broncos would have just scored, you know. We got any more sample points, size? Yeah, Terrell Owens, my quarterback. Did they win? Did they win? Sure. Stat that. Stat that. You're right, though. If the Broncos score 18. Yeah. 9-1. Shit. A lot of money on the offensive side. Nathaniel Hackett hands the offense off to somebody else. Clint they Kube, stink yeah. at it. Hands off the uh, game uh, situational awareness stuff. They stink at that. Yeah, for, what does he do? Just like standing there with his hands in his pockets the whole game now? Is that all he does? Nathaniel Hackett goes from being beloved by everybody in yeah. Green Bay to this dipshit. This guy's a fucking moron. He, he did not look like he was having a good time on Sunday. There's no way, dude. Hey, if we're talking, we're talking common denominator with all those guys calling plays. There's only one. The guy throwing the ball. Who? Russ Wilson. What? Oh, jeez. Uh, just saying. He had his best game of the year. That's right. And they yeah. scored 16 points. So, well, you tell he had me. a red zone fumble, too, by, yeah. you know. Melvin? Yeah. He's yeah. gone. Oh, he got fired. Yeah. yeah. Mutually. And they, had a, they had a blocked. Uh, ball is a program. There Mitch, was a report. Mitch well, Dad yeah. got a shout out on the. Uh, he did. Raiders. I saw that. Yeah. I saw Raiders that live. Up? I yeah. saw him talking to uh, McDaniels. Yeah. I yeah. saw him chatting chat. Yeah. Montana legend, Tom McMahon. What a stud that Shout guy. out, Mitch. Shout out, Tom. Can you say Mitch? Oh! Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just oh, all right. Just, just a great cover, two reps, second and long. He's a from... middle gentleman, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Trevon Diggs. Uh, right back from the top. It's That's... just a cover, two rep. Obviously, we see a bunch of cover, two. You know, we're, uh, we're speed. But it's, hey, Justin Jefferson, he's going to run a seven. We got a flat run in front of him. Usually, I always say, play it top down, play it top down, play it top down, as you should. But she's, Trevon Diggs, he actually plays the low one. Comes back. I don't know if he's trying to bait Kirk Cousins into this one, but he comes back and oh. almost makes the nastiest Damn. pick oh. of the season. But uh, we talked about Trevon Diggs, ball skills, always trying to play the ball. And it was a lot of – I watched this this all 22. Justin Jefferson, he created a lot of space this game. He was open, but they could not block him up up front at all. But um, just yeah. a great job what you um, by him in coverage. What you say? If, if the Vikings were able to block it up, there was a lot of yards out there to be had. 11 mm. sacks or something like that? What was the number? Eight, I think. It was bad. The left side of the line was gone the whole second half. That's already a new left tackle right there, and 72 got hurt later. Yeah. So they're dead? Is that what we're talking about? Judon going to have a field day on Thanksgiving evening? Yeah, Patriots are second in sacks in the NFL. Just something good. Their offensive line about. sucks. Can they fix that in four days? No, they don't suck. I mean, they just they uh, suck. They gave up eight <laughs> they sacks. Do. They, they lost half their yeah. line. Darisaw's they lost both tackles, right? right? Yeah, Darisaw is out for sure. Darisaw's yeah, out exactly. with a concussion. He's out. Cleveland is probably doubtful. I'd Ezra. Imagine. Ezra Cleveland. He doesn't want to see Barmore. And we heard two weeks ago Von Miller, you know, talking about how good these tackles were. So you lose yeah. those guys like. Look at his, his tackle is literally, he's straddling <laughs> his tackle right now trying to make his throw. I mean, that's, but that's a great great rep from uh, Trevon. Yeah, that shit. Yeah, Belichick's going to have something cooked up for Kirk Oh, I just wish you would call that. But it's the last one, baby. Hey. Appreciate we you guys. appreciate you, Darren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm getting smarter. AJ, I honestly feel like I'm getting smarter with all this shit. I think we all are. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Darius, we appreciate you, hey, man. Appreciate Thank you, D-Butt. Sharp D-Butt. Good job. That was great Five work. for five on the putts now. Well, you, uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? We got options, okay? Because it's a holiday week, so we'll give you literally all the options, yeah. but we don't just hand things out. You got to yeah. earn it. Don't yeah. putt. Two, shot, two, out of five two shots, five putts. Putt. Okay, so putt. two, Ooh, two football throws. Footballs? And Two basketball, basketball throws. Oh, shit. Five putts. <laughs> there we go. Oh, Come on, dude. We give it away. If it, gets, if it gets to the putts, 
You got to get to a five. I'm not saying it's going to because you're going to make a football nah, toss. Yeah. Ten people are going to win $500 when this football goes through that hoop right over there. Or basketball. You, snap. Yeah. Or two oh. plus oh. out of five go in. Oh, look at that. I got to take advantage of Oh, Saved it. Everything trenches. Oh. Oh. Hold on, hold on. Did you hear a snap? Can we hold on a second? Silent count. Time to get under center, AQ. This is unbelievable. What are we doing? Get oh, under center. I don't know. Get Louis T. Get under center. Get under center. Get under center. Get under center. Double A. Double A gap. On two. On two. On two. This guy doesn't want to be a part of it. On two. On two. On two. Come on, AQ. On two. Louis T. Louis T. Hold on. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Oh, got him. Oh. I think the hunt, hunt. Yeah, that was two. This is a lot. This environment is getting too much. We tried. We tried. That would have been good. <laughs> we tried. That would have been crazy. people. We'll win $500 because Darius That's Butler cool. with his first basketball Bang. shot goes liquid Drano from the stage on this holiday week. All you have to do is retweet this video and in a reply or a quote tweet, say something nice to somebody and put your cash tag in there. It is a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. Thanksgiving is just two days away and because of Darius Butler's impeccable basketball mm -hmm. form in shot. Ten people win $500 going into yeah. holiday season. We can't thank you enough, DB, for everything, DB. Thank you, AQ Shipley, for in the thank trenches. You, thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Thank you, AJ, for the time. Talks the table. Incredible work today. Hammer Don is in... 15 minutes. At youtube.com forward slash hammer. <laughs> Dad. Everybody in the back, great work. Remember, we're off Thursday, Friday, so tomorrow is the last show of the week. We'll make all our picks. We'll probably do a massive giveaway, and we can't thank you enough for joining us. See you tomorrow. Goodbye.